Chump some of this shit. What? Oh, just some scary movie. Like scary movies. Uh huh. Hell is this? This for Brody. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nerdy of North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast that is hosted by, you know, the nerds. I am one of your hosts, Sam. And I am the other host, Paul. And as we have started this new tradition of introducing our guests in a more professional <laughs> and interesting way, I am going to continue that one. Sam's is next week, so uh, that's going to be fun. So tonight, he's ready. Mm-hmm. He's ready for the anticipation of it now. So tonight mm-hmm. we are joined by the quiz mistress herself. She is an expert in cosplay and all things spooky and macabre. Um, she, she is the B-movie queen. We are joined by Miss Jessica Fox. <laughs> and also, we also have the game's master himself. He is the messiah of Mario. He has embodied the spirit of Sonic. He is the gaming up north guru. We have the Jake. Thank you. That was a lot of nice alliteration. Yes. Does he get this every week? Like every time he comes on? I'll change it up every week. We have to do different ones. We have to be clever. We can't just sit to the same stale format and not move forward. (laughs) Games Master is fitting because it's only a matter of time before I become a floating green screen head. We will do our best to keep everything the, doom, the doomsday clock is the, the five doom, minutes to floating head. <laughs> so yes. So that that's a new thing that we're trying. I hope hopefully people like it. <laughs> well, Paul, thank you very much. <laughs> so it's funny. all fact as well, so now that it's been said, uh no one can dispute it. Yes. Because no. we are now all about the facts on Nerdy Up North and Monsters now, <laughs> apparently. What have I done? <laughs> So yes, so Sammy, take it away there, lovely lady. Oh, are we going straight in for the disclaimer, or do you, are you interested in what you've watched this week? Yeah, you can ask what we've been watching. Well, Mine. What, have, what have you been watching this week? Go on then, Jake. <laughs> the Watchman. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been reading The Watchman. <laughs> um, and I haven't had any time for anything else apart from some World of Warcraft here and there. <laughs> that's been my day to day since 12 o'clock this afternoon i'm so glad i started at that time and started doing my notes in the movie because otherwise i'd still be sitting there right now i watched it over them. three nights like i i was like sat there i like finished the last 25 minutes last night <laughs> i was quite engrossed in it actually i didn't even like bother with like as much as i was like looking at my laptop for a few things i wasn't really paying attention to my phone like i usually would i had to try and fit it in it was like 
because me and Jake, I, I think you did as well, Sammy. We decided to be brave and go for the ultimate cut to watch as well. So, mm. um. <laughs> It, it, it took a lot longer than expected, but yes. Uh, what, have you been watching anything interesting, Jessica? Um, we've been going through the new True Detective, Night Country. Oh, it's been really good. It's on its last episode tomorrow. It's going to see how it all like pans out in the end, but it's been quite good. Um, oh. It's interesting. I'm going to start that after next week because next week's going to be binging Sherlock again. So, uh... oh, shit. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes, a lot of uh, trying to catch up on that show and trying to remember stuff because I, I love it, but I can't remember it too well. And we are talking about it next week, so uh, that's going to be next Thank week's conversation. <laughs> Thank you for the reminder. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, has True Detective gone back to like season one vibes? I think I'd been hearing. Um, so there is a reference to season one in it. Ooh. There's a nice little reference to season one. It's very different this one because it's set with the um, like the Thirty Days Night in Alaska. So. Mm -hmm. ah. loads of thing vibes to it as well this stuff's happened out on the ice and you don't know how and why certain it's getting quite supernatural in its way mm -hmm. i don't want to give too much away in case no one's watched it yet but it's no. well worth watching really cool. really good i will be can checking I, it out can i just ask though has she kind of stayed away from the clarice stalin is this like a whole oh, new she's different different uh she's brilliant. amazing she's so unhinged she's so foul mouthed She's filthy. Um, but the she's anti Clarice. <laughs> Sounds right up Sammy Street, then there'll be death in it. So yeah. Sammy will love it. So yeah. <laughs> um, I've watched. Story. I've watched two movies. I'm not going to talk about them too much because, yeah, I'm not going to start slagging things off. But uh, Aquaman two. <laughs> Was why was, is that was a real movie? movie? <laughs> was it was, was a movie? Um, I just didn't. I just felt like uh. <laughs> They just cut loads of different random stuff in just James Jason Momoa going, yeah, I'm a dude. Yeah, bro. It, it yeah. Like when I saw the trailer, it looked fake. And mm. I'm not going to elaborate anymore, but it looked like a fake movie trailer. <laughs> that Deadpool would show or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But then I thought, all oh, right, that like I'll watch something else because uh, we didn't get to see the pictures. We'll watch the prequel to the the Hunger Games. The Songbird and the Snake. snake. Again, yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, that was a. I, again, I don't. If you haven't watched the movie, I don't get it because it's supposed to be the prequel to how uh, Snow become all bastardized and evil. But yeah, it, it doesn't really do anything. It's just all mopey and lovey dovey and it, shit. It's like I've seen it, um, and I've tr I've tried to read the book a hundred times over, like last year, because I read all the Hunger Games last year, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch this before the movie comes out, mm -hmm. and I just couldn't. I I didn't feel the character at all. So I thought maybe the movie might help that, mm -hmm. and it did to a certain degree. But just as you get into the part where it's like, oh, this is evil snow, like and everything's starting to cut, and then it just ends. Yeah. And you're like, oh, we don't, we don't get to see. I don't know if we're Snow. going to get like a, a trilogy like we did with the others, but yeah, I, I just, I, I just, it didn't, it felt like it was a movie that didn't need to be made on a story that no one really was interested in. So. <laughs> I think you might be right. Because The Hunger Games in itself is just, it, it's great. It mm -hmm. didn't need any additional, like, to it. Like, mm -hmm. I was always fine with the fact that Snow was a dick. Yeah. Like, I didn't really need to know how he became that dick. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. All <laughs> um, is forever trying to humanize bad guys and not just letting someone just be a bad guy. I think yeah. we talked about this on the Robocop podcast that like <laughs> you rarely get the 80s 
bad man anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's scared to be shown that like it's true evil or true bad. Everyone's got to have some kind yeah. of innocence or niceness to them. Fuck no, just give us a dick and we'll like we'll root for the dickhead. We'll always do, but yeah. Um, but yeah. yes. Well, I watched I watched a movie that you'll all get to hear about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I watched Pumpkinhead. That that happens. Um, and then Netflix got me really excited because it said it was adding SVU Law and Order to its programming and I was like get the fucking 26 seasons of SVU no they've gone and put five on and they've started from series six yeah they do that a lot it's literally they'll just get any like any season that can get the hands on mm-hmm. and they think that's good enough like who's gonna want to start watching that six six it starts from season six it ends at like eight or something no that can't be right 11 or something like that and i'm like well no because there's in certain there's cliffhangers like no you can't do that i was so disappointed last night when i went on to watch it i was ready to go like really hard and go from the beginning Mm -hmm. no can't do that can't do that cool dicks so i think yes. i think we should get into it cuz like cuz normally our podcasts are shorter than our longer sorry sorry say our podcasts are normally longer than the films that we are reviewing <laughs> i don't want do this, this to be a one. fucking 4 hour podcast please <laughs> god no <laughs> not directed by Zack Snyder we're all yeah good. there's not going to be any slow mo motion or anything like that so yes <laughs> so, um, so i'll do the disclaimer and then we can crack on with it cool so Everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group, the Discord, or the comments section where we can have an open discussion. What we won't have, though, is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom, so let's keep it fun, keep it kind, and keep the toxic behaviour out of nerdism. Very well well mm-hmm. said. So, Thank you. So we are going to be talking about one of my... F- and I always get look, like looked at weird when I talk about this as one of my favorite comic book adaptations mm. to movies because it is probably the most comic book movie that has been made in a long time. So we are going to be talking about The Watchmen. So I am very excited to do that as well. So, yes. Yeah. It's going to be interesting because it's kind of like you've got your... Com- oh. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> he's up to something. He's gone. Oh. Well, no, because he's had so much problems today. Oh, shit. I hope that intro hasn't, like, fucked him up. <laughs> um, um, wouldn't the call um, have broke if Paul really had disappeared? <laughs> would it be? <laughs> Dog carcass in alley this morning. Tire tread on burst stomach. This city is afraid of me. I have seen its true face. The streets. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Checks out. It's following yeah. the script. I'm good at writing a joke too. I'm good. <laughs> it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I'll come back. Ah! <laughs> oh no, he's put his face just, on. The streets are extended gutters, and the gutters are full of blood. And when the drains finally scab over, all the vermin will drown. The accumulated filth of all the sex and murder will foam and up about their waists, and all the whores and politicians will look up and shout, save us, and I will look down and whisper, no. 
<laughs> he's here. Uh, are you keeping the face on or are you taking it off? <laughs> no, I couldn't fucking see. I lost my... I, <laughs> I was trying How to put does me... he see through that thing? No, I put little tiny highs holes and I couldn't have time to put them through. So I couldn't find the button again to press to put the video back on because I was going to put the video back on after I said, yep. I have seen its true face. And I was going, that would be class. And I was like... I can't find the button. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> this is why we need a was... producer. Yeah. <laughs> I loved all you heard was, it's broken. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sure Rorschach doesn't say that. <laughs> so, he, yeah. says, he says a lot in the comic, which yeah. they actually put in the movie a couple of times. I did enjoy. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Um... Well, before we, before we get into it, I have the tagline for the movie, because I love a tagline. Right. It's justice is coming to us all, no matter what we do. Pretty, pretty straight at the point. Mm. It's not very. It's not very catchy, yeah. is it? It's not very <laughs> like we've had some corker taglines, and that one, like the it'll never be the Batman one. No. But that was just it was just very straight to the point. Justice is coming to us all, to all of us, even no right. matter what we do. Don't I think the big tagline, though, the one what they used for literally everything, like that. The made Watchmen was always who watches the Watchmen. That was always mm. like on literally everything marketing wise and stuff as well. Um, like even from the comics to the uh, video comic to which, which again, if no one has seen it, it's one of the most brilliant things I've ever done. It's just basically like a the comic moving in like thing. I think they brought it out uh, as a, a as a pre-chord to the to the movie. It was mm-hmm. kind of like yeah. used as an advertisement and the advertisement for this movie as well was fucking amazing. Like the colours, the imagery, like everything used was so on point and so um I don't know how this movie wasn't more successful than it was. <laughs> it was so weird when I was reading about it today because it was there was half and half people saying that they, they hated it because of the changes that were made. And then other people were saying, well, it's actually the most closest adaptations to a comic book movie that's mm. been done before. And so there was like a two-way argument. Mm. Um, and I was like, I kind of, I get the changes now that I've done a bit more research on it and understand as to why. Um, so I'm not mad at it. I never was mad at it in the first place. <laughs> so, Jessica, how did you get in, into the watching? Was it the comic first or was it the movie or...? Um, oh, I think, yeah, so I was working, um, I'll have been like 16 or something when it hit Empire Magazine, like the first announcement they were mm. doing it and it had, basically where I was working, someone had the Empire Magazine on their desk, so I sort of borrowed it without oh, realising. So you stole it, then that's it fine. Like three, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rorschach but wouldn't let that go. It's fine. Um. But no, looking through it, obviously it had all of the like all of the outfits everyone was going to be wearing, all the cinematic quality that was going to come from it. It was just kind of like, what is this? And then like, mm. I instantly went out and went straight to Forbidden Planet when I found the graphic novel and stuff and mm-hmm. spent ages being hyped waiting for this movie. Um, and yeah, it was amazing. It's mm. about, like everything about it is just, there's nothing about this film that I don't like. It's just I think it is probably the, the quintessential comic book nerds movie that was ever like made, and they they always referenced it as the unfilmable film. Um, yeah, it's in the tribe before, and where am I it's been that go- it, No, since it, the rights were bought in 1986 Whoa. by Lawrence Gordon and Joel Silver, mm-hmm. and they had a 
war with Warner Brothers and Fox. A huge court case erupted from it. Uh, I think Warner Brothers won in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, there was certain directors who put their name in the hat. Tim Burton being one of them. Yes, and guess and, who? We, guess who wanted uh, uh, in the Tim Burton movie as well? Yeah, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, <laughs> Johnny Depp as Rorschach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> that, that, no, that was a thing. <laughs> it just would never have worked. Um, not because it's only because. Actually, of the sorry, that was wrong. I, I got that me fact wrong there. Sorry, Johnny Depp was uh, penciling to play the comedian. Oh really? Yes, he was the comedian, yeah. Yes. Also, um... no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, you know who the original it. choice for the Zack Snyder film was, though. If we're going to go into our facts now, go on, uh, then. Ron Perlman. Was the original yes, cast was yes. wanted for Rorschach, which would have been yeah. quite tall, Rorschach. Um, I've yeah. got that one. The Also, the Silk Spectre uh, 2, the one to Jessica Alba. Yes. That but makes you, sense uh, for the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but they didn't get her. No. And I'm glad, because I love the actress who plays her. I think she's got such a brilliant voice. I've got some Alan Moore yeah, facts about this as well. I think like Fantastic Four all over again when like... <laughs> and Sin City. Sin City, though. You kind of blame her for Sin City. That was just epic. Sin City, I like. Mm-hmm. Just brilliant with character for Sin City, but fantastic for all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was choices. Choice. 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 <laughs> so I've got some facts on the Warlock, Adam Moore. <sighs> so nice. Basically, the reason why this, the Watchers and Watchmen are so prevalent in the movie as well is because Alan Moore wanted to be a watchmaker when he was growing up. So oh, okay. you always want to do a comic based on like something to do with watches. Um, he outright hates this movie to the point he refused to have his name anywhere on it. He gave I did up, notice that. <laughs> he gave up. I did write everything though. There's yeah. nothing that other movies are fan of. He, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen ruined that for everyone. <laughs> He's amazing. He yeah. rescinded any royalties that he would have got, and that all went to David Gibbons. He, he nice. signed them over to him as well, yeah. so it wasn't a case. He, he was. It wasn't a case of like, oh well, we'll just have to give the to him. Alan was like, no, I'll mm. sign them over to him as long mm. as you keep my fucking name out of it. It's crazy. And watching the comic, like the graphic novel, was the only graphic novel named on Life Magazine's top one hundred novels of the twentieth century. Mm-hmm. Wow! And it was to date still the only graphic novel. To win the Hugo Award. Oh, that's interesting. So yes, um, that is I super a... interesting because I know like a lot of comic fans don't like Alan Moore because they think like he's just like a curmudgeon about everything. Mm-hmm. But every time I've read an interview by him, it's like he he sees his vision of the world and in the same like Rorschach. Not he's not as he's not like right wing crazy mm-hmm. like Rorschach, but he has that like unflinching like sense of justice where like like you say he signed over his like money from this to like his artist partner and it's like yeah because he obviously believes like he's not just making it up he actually yeah. doesn't like this at all. <laughs> he's being sincere and he's dislike yeah because otherwise he could have just quite easily kept that money and nobody would have been none the wiser. Yeah, because he's been he's been very outspoken. Maybe like last year or something, I was reading like a Guardian thing where he thinks that Marvel and sort of Disney have infantilized like movies, like and audiences like by proxy. So 
he's basically saying like nerds are like children and they just want like the slop to watch <laughs> basically they just want to be well, bottle fed superhero I mean, he didn't, stuff he didn't, he didn't need to put it that way about myself <laughs> but, but um, I, I kind of get it though like it's it's like some movies are just like like madam web is just put out because yeah yeah and you... and people go and watch it and pay for it and i'm like can you not just not like you, <laughs> yeah. I've heard especially it's bad, with, <laughs> especially with like the the actual meaning behind Watchmen. So I've actually got all of the meaning that comes within this this mm-hmm. movie slash comic is hero villains and vigilantes, moralist versus ut- utilitarian. So sorry, utilitarian ethics, identity and empowerment, nihilism and meaning, and American corpor- corp- corporation and patriotism. Mm. We can so say like that. Kind of, there's, yeah. so, there's so much meaning into just this one thing, whereas mm. everything right now is just kind of like what I like, shapes and colours. Um, but you can tell, but... though, the comic was wrote during a time, like I think America was uh, Ronald Reagan and mm. uh, would have been Thatcherism in, in the UK. Yeah, it's... It was so good at doing that, though. If you read... Um, V for Vendetta at the beginning you know exactly where you are in the timeline of the UK without him even having to tell you where you are you can just like see it within these like his his dialogue and obviously with the artwork as well that helps it so he is really good at pinpointing you into history where he wants you to be whether that history stays the same because obviously it doesn't in Watchmen, and um, no. there's no way a president can run for five terms and get away with it. Well, you can, especially if you've, if, you've, if you've got <laughs> Doctor Manhattan as you in your back pocket, you can change any rules you want. That's, that that's, that, is that true. was that was the whole thing about abuse of power. But um, like just going back to Alan Moore for a little bit, because like normally I'd say we're laughing and say that the, the group doesn't help us, like Nerdy Up North doesn't help us for much. But someone actually put a Alan Moore quote on today. That I thought was quite intriguing because, like, say, mm-hmm. Alan Moore is notorious for being one of the grumpiest, one of the most antisocial, like, literally hates everything. But he actually went out and said, like, he actually quoted one time, he said, Read books, not just good books, read bad books. You can find, like, inspiration from anywhere, and even a bad book can inspire you for the greatest of ideas. So I thought that was just a nice thing, like, Something that like you expect Alan Moore not to say in a way, because when it comes to, like oh. the grumpy, grumpy old warlock that he is, <laughs> but that kind of like inspiration just to go out there it's... and just take content yeah. from wherever, and it, it could be good, bad, but it can bring newfound ideas. It's yeah. odd though, isn't it? How fans will have like an, a massively adverse reaction if someone like talks in anger or something but to me i just see like passion and like mm-hmm. i don't agree with everything he says um mm-hmm. and i don't like everything i've read of his and stuff but mm-hmm. like you can tell he cares about like this as an art like mm-hmm. writing as an art yeah. <laughs> like yeah but i don't know why why that rubs people massively the wrong way like fair enough think he's like a, a dick or whatever if you really don't like agree with him mm-hmm. but he's 100 percent an artist yeah and oh, he's good absolutely. at what he does <laughs> i am um, i wrote an article about him uh years ago and i did a lot of like research on him he has been in writing since he could pick up a pen and um, mm-hmm. he started oh, i can't even remember the name of the magazine now um but it was doctor who mm-hmm. uh fan like a kind of like fan fiction and he mm-hmm. started with a doctor who fan fiction and he just went from there and He's just a, he's a really interesting person, and he has a lot of nice things to say 
about people within the industry. He mm-hmm. doesn't shit on anyone no. at all. Um, he actually released these. So Stephen King released his book on, I'm trying to see if I can see it, um, on how to write. Mm-hmm. Not the Stephen King way, but just like kind of like inspiration on writing and yeah. how to, you know, help you to help yourself in writing kind of thing. And Alan Moore did exactly the same thing for comic books. I actually own it. Um, and it's just it's just a tiny little book, but it's so interesting to see how you can like try and make you think about where your story needs to go. Yeah, it's just it, it's honestly, if you can get a hold of it, it's such a good book. I got it for Christmas like a couple of years ago. So, yeah. So, Jake, where did you get introduced? Thing. Oh, sorry, Jess. Sorry. sorry. The other thing was Doctor Who one. So these specials that just brought back like end of last year. Mm-hmm. That first one in, that's one of theirs. So is it? Oh, really? The Meep is basically so it was created by the same guys who worked on the Watchmen. Mm-hmm. I was watching the um, behind the scenes thing, and they brought them in to be able to see it actually in full form. Basically, they're like drawing brought to actual life and all the mechanics of it and everything. All right. It's- Really quite nifty. Like, I, even I didn't know it until I was watching. I was like, oh my God, are the guys who are like part of Watchmen and they just have to do this as well. Like, mm. it was quite cute. Um, Very cool. Oh, that's so cool. Sorry, Jake. Who was talking? Actually. I, was going oh, asking, I was asking Jake. <laughs> uh, so, Jake, when did you get introduced to the Watchmen? Like, was it the uh, comic? Was it the, the movie or? No, no, a very similar story to Jess. Um, apart from, I, I probably didn't see a magazine. It was probably. I think I was maybe listening to a podcast that is since defunct called Cape Crisis that used to do comic book uh, stuff. And they used to watch the movies, like the the Marvel movies that were coming out at the time and do reviews and stuff. And I think they must have, they were more comic fans than I was. I was there for the movie chat mostly. And Mm -hmm. when they mentioned it, I just like, you know, then HMB was also doing comics at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. So I just picked up this one, this this just whatever, 20 quid, 15 quid, <laughs> uh, maybe 18 if the, the price on the back's real. It's got the, the same. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just picked that up maybe like a few months before the movie. I did the same thing with the Infinity Gauntlet when I'd heard that was going to be made. I went and picked <laughs> the comic up. So I'm totally like, I'm not like an OG or anything like mm-hmm. that. But no, I, and it was just like one of the most amazing things I'd ever read at the time, Mm -hmm. uh, comics wise, like I almost keep, I know it's mean to do this. Like how you said, it's the only one like winner Hugo and everything, but I do hold it as like a separate thing from comics Mm -hmm. and graphic novels. It's like, cause it's got just like pages of books in there. It's, I don't really know what to describe like the Watchmen entire package as it's like, it's it, like its own thing, and no one's really like copied it since. <laughs> I, I don't think they could copy it though. That's the thing, because what they did, they broke the mold with the comic book world when it came out. I know we'll, we'll talk about the film later, but like the comic, as I said, I hold in such a high regard. Same yeah. as same as Jake as well. Um, it broke every rule that comic book says. It used uh, strange colors. It wasn't always bright and vibrant. It was like mm-hmm. used neon and interesting, like different. Uh, flaws um it would take a whole page to do like a like what would normally do like a comic book would do in one panel they would do a page where it was like 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 oh the way it was set out was just i'm not, I'm not explaining it well sorry um no, it, it's, it's like, like it's a visual thing though isn't it but yeah. no i really like those intro pages where it has like the title of the issue in mm. like a black bar it's usually yeah. like set around like the panels like it is like a, it's like a quiet, like a cold open, isn't it? Almost for every issue, like you can imagine, like a panning shot, like in an episode, like starting and stuff like that. And I love yeah. the original, like 
uh, run of the comics as well because I, I I did own them at one point. Um, but again, they got sold. But the original mm-hmm. run, it was the first t- comic of the time that didn't use action shots as the covers, mm-hmm, and yeah. it, as a carry on from the cover, each uh like each comic book cover was the first panel of the the inside of the comic. No. So it kind mm-hmm. of like it always fed in. Like it wasn't like the exact thing. It was always part of it, or like think, uh, or I think where it kind of led in, and it was uh, such a simple idea, but no one had ever thought about it. And no one ever done it, and it was that retrospective. Yeah. And it's it's always interesting as well because like some of the questions I'll ask like near to all the ends because you don't know who the good guy and who the bad guys are in this story. No, there's so many questions and so and they like can lead into some interesting conversations. You've almost got to like pick your own, haven't you? But yeah, all of them have got like downsides and upsides and stuff like that. <laughs> it's very true. So very true. So when the film came out, like say I was very skeptical and scared because. As I said, I've read this book a million times and you thought, I'm excited to see it, but what happens if they do it wrong or they do it dirty like they did like Tim Burton's Batman, but we'll not go over that again. Um, <laughs> oh, there's, there's, Jess is looking at us like I'm, I've slapped her in the face. Can, I, can, I, check out a, can I check out a, a Batman fact? <laughs> Ozymandias suit I can't even see his name I've been practicing all afternoon so I'm really sorry They say it weird a... in the movie as well <laughs> Just call, call him Ozzy, it's fine Ozzy, let's call him Ozzy for, for, my, for my sake um, I can't even see his surname I tried for ages and I still can't see it Um, it, His suit is actually a parody of the Batman suit <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they because it's got the nipples on, um, and they couldn't really they didn't want to go with the original suit that he wears in the comic because mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's very dated, isn't it? And yeah. it is Alexander the Great look, and mm-hmm. it it just wouldn't yeah, it's work like a with toga. the yeah, <laughs> isn't it really? It just yeah. it just wouldn't work with the way that like Owl's costume is. If you were like, it wouldn't match up if they were t- kind of like a team. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a parody of Batman suit. Like the Schumacher stuff, yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, um, I think I was reading that earlier on today. Of just that kind of like little intro. I... Which, like, let's put that one in. I <laughs> like... just saw Batman nipples and went hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, can we can we talk about some of the like the on screen how it how it like compares? Because yes, Adrian doesn't look like Ozymandias to me. Like no. it's like. I, I get it though, like they're doing the sort of like the young trust fund millionaire billionaire type of mm-hmm. kid that was coming up around like the the two thousands and whatever. But yeah, like in the comic, he just he comes across just as like much older, and it was like a bit of a shock when I'm like watching and comparing like one to the other. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, they've chose like it's an interest, and they've chosen to be really young. When in the comic, he's kind of like idolizing like the old ancient kings and it's like yeah it's it doesn't there's a bit of mismatch there for me personally <laughs> no no i yeah, agree a... like a lot of the like the lot of the things especially with um like the characters in this in the movie as well like there was scenes where it was like shot by shot from the comic mm-hmm. and there was two things that kind of threw me um like the the guy i can't remember his name thing is it billy corgan who played um uh, called uh, uh, dr manhattan that again seemed like a bit of a miscast, and oh yeah, um, sorry, I don't know his name, but like his his voice isn't what I was imagining no. in my head. 
it makes sense from a like detached perspective, but it's it's an odd performance when you watch it now. I think. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I thought for a really long time it was the guy from The Hangover. It's okay. You know the one who goes missing, who they're looking for. I generally thought that was him for such a long time until I no, started. No, it's the like... guy out of uh, almost famous. I'm a golden god. Jumps off. Oh, the... I... but again, I like, didn't I really have the that. stature and like the size to be Doctor Manhattan in my eyes. And Ozzy again was a was another one where I didn't quite get the casting right. Like like there's a lot of casting that they got bang on and smashed out the park in this. Uh, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Morgan as uh, the comedian is just flawless. Um, yeah. Like I said, uh, I, I can't remember the guy who played Rorschach was amazing. And oh, the... yeah, um... Dan. Yeah, sorry. Oh, what's his name? Sorry. Oh, you mean Freddy Krueger? Yeah, Freddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why. It's I, not that's as why... Jackie. Jackie Jack Earl Haley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jamie, that would have been a really interesting casting. I, I see dead Rorschach. people. <laughs> I killed dead people. But yeah, Rorschach. Jeffrey yeah. Dean Morgan almost didn't take the part. Mm-hmm. He, he when he got called into Zack Snyder's office, even Zack Snyder wasn't too keen on him, and he really? kind of came in with a bit of an asshole attitude. And he went, "Oh shit, yeah, there he is." Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the him. And then he read the he only read the first few like pages of the script and went. I'm not doing this. I'm not being a cameo. His agent went, read the fucking script. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> and he did. And he went, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm not just a cameo. Yes, I, yes, I will do it. Oh, what? So, like, the next <laughs> scene he didn't show up didn't put him off either. It's like, like, <laughs> oh, you don't have a window. <laughs> no, I mean, really the interesting of like yeah. how they went about picking everyone because obviously mm-hmm. they've got to keep jumping backwards and forwards through time. Mm-hmm. So think about Zack Snyder, he had to specifically pick people so he didn't have to sort of de-age them. It was easier to age them up yeah. Like, yeah. as the movie goes on. Mm-hmm. I think it's Rorschach, like the actor plays Rorschach, it's the only one who's about the right age for the character. Everyone else is way younger than they should be. But see, mm-hmm. that, he was supposed to be 34 or something, and I was like, fuck, if he's 34, I've, I'm I'm doing well. I, I'm, I'm okay. not aged badly here. <laughs> um, Maybe he's the only... He's up to 45, so he fits in the timeline with everybody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I he's the only he... one in shape, though, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Well, you see his arms, he's, he's built. Um, but Jackie Earl Haley is the only one who actively campaigned for his part. Right. He's was... the one that apparently, you know, when they've done all these like different ones, people pitching for it. He's the only mm-hmm. one that was one that was looked at before and still got into the movie in the end. Everyone else was a fresh casting in. All um, right, interesting. Yeah, he he was actually created. He, he he was created for the part. It's almost like Alan, like sorry, Dave drew him. He looks <laughs> yeah. exactly like him. Yeah, um, <laughs> I I think Night Owl is awesome as well. Like that's exactly <laughs> what he looks like in the comic, as far yes. as I'm concerned. <laughs> He's my favorite, my too. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with the fact it was Patrick Wilson. Um, but he's well, even. He's He's even got the same thing though, where he looks dorky with the glasses yes. on, and then when he takes them off and like lets his hair ruffle a bit, it's like, oh yeah, cool, like, hey. <laughs> like he's literally like perfect, like panel perfect. To be fair, though, there's he loads of parodies all the way through this, but like all the different, ju- it is like the shit Justice League uh, with different characters. Um... Well, that was what Alan Moore was going for when he was writing it. Um, like for example, um, hold on, where's my character list? Uh, Night Owl is essentially Blue Beetle. Right, because um, I, 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 I heard something different though for Night Owl because it wasn't actually an Alan Moore cast that uh, the character that was created because Dave Gibbons actually created ah, uh, Night Owl when it he didn't. It didn't. It didn't say within the Wikipedia thing that I read who just said 
Blue Beetle like. But this was on the documentary I watched earlier, so. Oh well, you'd be right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Dave Gibbons actually uh, created Night Owl when he was fourteen, and it was the one character. And um, the Hollis Mason outfit is actually the same outfit that was drawn when he was fourteen. Um, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's I mean, adorable. it looks exactly like the Phantom, but like, yes. that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was some, some, um, not probably more looking wise, but more characteristic wise of um, Night Owl and Batman. Yeah. Obviously, the tech side of things, not the look or anything, but the tech side of things, um, the fact that he had his own little cave and everything. So and, there is some Artie, DC the, characters. The, the weird thing that I still can't fathom how that works. Um... <laughs> Magic. Oh, explain it a lot more in the comics yes <laughs> um but talking about the movie as well like the actual start of the movie like absolutely breathtaking like if when you like with us i saw this i don't know if you guys saw it at the cinema for the first time yeah in sunderland yep <laughs> and seeing that on the big screen just blew my fucking mind like just the, that opening and how i know we're going to talk about it all the way through how the soundtrack is used all the way through like simply forgettable and then the comedian gets the seven bags of shit literally beat out of him and then just um defied defied physics as times the way they were getting thrown around the room and stuff but it was entertaining it was like as it, fuck i wrote down the fight scene looks like a dance mm-hmm. it looks like they're dancing with each other it looks it almost felt like they knew each other well they did that they knew each yes. other's moves <laughs> yes <laughs> I understand after like going through it, but that's what I wrote down as I was watching it. Yes. <laughs> what do you what do you think about like the the power set of the Watchmen? Because it's kind of it's like a low it's like low powered mm-hmm. in a weird way. Yet everyone like the comedian just like punches straight through a brick wall at the start. Yeah. So it's like it's but it's almost as if like there are people in the world who are just like a few levels above everyone else and like you know. Yeah. It is always interesting because obviously at the start, particularly with the extended edition, when they mentioned all the world were just police officers mm-hmm. that decided yeah, obviously yeah. the police that's force a, wasn't that, enough. Yeah, that's a change though because that wasn't that wasn't the storyline in the comic. No, <laughs> Hollis, to do with the police officers. Hollis was a policeman yeah. and he went off on his own. I think by the sounds of it, and met up with like what a Captain Metropolis and all. Those yes, weird Captain Metropolis. Guys. He was the one who brought the, uh, the Minutemen to, <laughs> Minute together type thing. Is it? Am, am I just? not remembering right but do they ever call themselves the watchmen in the comics because I f- they call themselves the um, crime busters when the, when they get broken up when like this. the comedian fucks them up and yeah i have a few um movie versus comics and that is one of them they didn't yeah. use the crime busters yeah it was, and it fails it immediately like they don't yeah. actually get together technically they're just all yeah. like at like at the same time parallel heroes and Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I'm not going mad then. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like I said, the the original ones were called the Minutemen. Yeah. That was like the original gang. Uh, as you said, uh, Captain Metropolis uh, got together uh, with a few interesting characters as well. But, um, like, see, that opening fight scene just sets the tone of what we're going to, we're going to expect from them because literally, we think, we think you're going to watch a comic book movie, but it is one of the most brutal movies um that that has been made in a long time like 
it's, there's yeah, no like uh, it's a little bit goofy though do you not think yeah. some of the some of the ultra violence like especially there's like like a part later on where like he just like pushes through someone's elbow right into the camera and it's all squishy <laughs> and stuff <laughs> but yeah it is it's not what i expected i think going into the cinema but did this you know when you said it was kind of a bomb did it mm. did being like an 18 certificate hurt it for that oh, massively i think because yeah it, it is it, didn't do as well as as I thought they would, and like I know we'll get in later. The ending part did get a lot of backlash with fans, mm-hmm. with um, such a shame what they were expecting, and a lot of people. Even though I quite liked the ending in the movie, Me too, because it it would have been interesting to see the giant squid. Um, but but then it's it's explaining it in that in that time that you've got and. We'll yeah. get into it at the end. <laughs> but yes, um, so like I say, we'll get the the interesting part. Like I say, the, the opening fight is just breathtaking. But then my favorite part of the movie, and again, I didn't expect it to be the my favorite part, is the opening credits. Yeah, the okay. intro with Bob Dylan's "Times Are Changing" playing is just fucking mwah. <laughs> I don't know. I hate Bob Dylan's voice. I like a bit of Bob Dylan. <laughs> it was I... just, it was great on me. But I, what I do like is how the the summarized Hollis's book in that opening yeah. movie, so you don't have to like flash back to like you know narration from the book. It was so uh, the, cleverly done yeah. as well, though. That that like, as you said, because could you imagine like this? The extended cut was like close to four hours. If mm. we got all them backstories for each one of them characters, or I would have been gutted if they cut them out and you just got them like in a meeting, like all oh, these photographs. This is this and this person, yeah. and. You saw each one of them stories done so well, and it like I don't think an opening film or like a like a, an intros has been done as well like in many movies like since or be, even before Watchmen. Totally yeah, it's a, agree. It's a it's a really good like setting the tone piece for everything, even though you do there is a time jump sort of after it, but mm. yeah, it, it at least gets you in the mindset of like okay, this is this has all happened, therefore now we start. <laughs> Yeah, but it explains the... Oh, sorry, Jessica. Sorry, it's, it's filmed beautifully because even all the references to like classic era photos and everything and having them mm-hmm. in the interchanging spots because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. going through. Yeah. Going through like all the glory moment and then all the points where how everybody got taken out and how it just dwindled down till the new lot start to come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love all the references of basically what happened. There was no road that explains it at one point, mm-hmm. but how yeah. they all got taken out. Well, that's... that's... great. Quite close to what I was about to say, actually, because it was the um, it also sets the time period as well, because mm-hmm. you think you're in the in the 80s. It's, it is Cold War. It is the cold like the Americans and the Russians. But it is a completely different mm-hmm. way of it as well. There's different factors into it. And um, the best part for me was the comedian. He killed Jack here. Yeah. Of course he did. Of course he did. I didn't the... realize until I was watching it again today because we had a higher quality version on how brutal the shot is like it, yes like, like, oh, yeah. like oh i don't even remember the pictures looking that brutal over here like <laughs> obviously the classic stuff like they really went for it for such a tiny little shot mm-hmm. um, yeah i'm sure they'll leave that ambiguous in the comics whether like all the characters just assume he did it yeah. but then the, the, the mention he had an alibi at some point like he was yeah. somewhere else at the time well, he also but, uh, um, in the comics he covered up Watergate. <laughs> that's how <laughs> that's how Nixon managed to to stay get... in because that's okay. what ruined him. Um, <laughs> and it was it was the comedian who covered.
covered it up because <laughs> he was he was a government agent as well, which I thought was really interesting because I never I read Watchmen a long time ago and I haven't really revisited the film since like mm-hmm. for a long time until today. And I was like, oh, he's such a he's a really interesting and intriguing character. He's an arsehole, but mm-hmm. he has a, it's like he has an answer for every arsehole movie does. It's it's one of them things. I when I like was watching it, I wrote down a few things about the comedians. I said he is the worst out of them all. Like see, he, like the things he does in it, like the attempted rape is just just disgusting. He, like I said he killed a yeah. pregnant woman. He killed GFK. Like he is just <laughs> like the the grossest form of humanity. And it, it, like that's the like why they keep on saying it's the joke. Uh, he knows like he's the only one that's in on the joke. Oh, he can he, the only one that can see the punchline. Um, I mean, kind of, but like in his final moments, he's just like, yeah, cr- he's crying his heart out because it's like mm-hmm. too much for him, and it's like he's I like, oh, he's like, mother, help me and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Once he realizes essentially what Ozymandias is planning, of what they're gonna do, it's that's the the breaking point of like that's too much. One thing that the change doesn't like make sense for me is like I don't think he would have reacted that from seeing a plan to make explosions that look mm. like Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. I think it makes more sense in... about what they're going to do to Dr. Manhattan that they're going to obviously movie, not comic, but in the film yeah. obviously that they're going to coerce like even into his own head that he did it. Yeah. That he caused yeah, all of true. this. Um not that kind of the game was already against him. Mm-hmm. Um I like kind of yeah. the the that last little bit from him of that kind of like Yes, he's been the worst sort of person. Mm-hmm. But it's even the point where he's talking to Dr. Manhattan, he shoots the pregnant girl and say, You could have done anything. Yeah, yeah. you could have stopped it. You could have ch- stopped it. It's like, I'm just you... a standard person. I have no restraint. Yeah. I can't control. You can. And like yeah, when he's he... like saying to Moloch, like, oh, This is sad, but it's like you're the, old, the closest thing I've got to a friend. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, so mm-hmm. he's, he just ends up being the most pathetic person version in the entire world basically it's like a version of himself he says a really one of my favorite lines from the whole film was when they're in the streets and he says what about the american dream and he went this is it yeah this, <laughs> this is, is it you are living it and i was yep. like oh my god that's one of my favorite lines in the film but yeah, but yeah he's cool no, that's fine. Like, see, I've got a list of the original Minutemen's names as well. Like, see, because oh, some of them were quite, quite cool. So we've got Captain. Oh no, I don't. I have yeah. the Watchmen. Sorry. So we've got Captain <laughs> Metropolis. Um, yeah, he was, he was an army started. guy. He's he's an army guy. I think they say ex army because he's the one who like organized things. <laughs> uh, Silk Spectra, which was Sally Jupiter, um, <sighs> just absolutely yep. beautiful. Hooded Justice, as Jake said before, which. Again. They kind of make out it might be a Nazi, like the like hiding out in America. No. Oh, oh interesting. Well, no. It is an interesting take, but that's not him. <laughs> well, no, no, that's the thing because it changed from what the comic version was to the TV oh, show. Oh, really? The TV show that wasn't what the Hooded Justice was meant to be. That was ah, basically the guy right. who made the TV show had turned oh, okay. it into as part of like. Um, oh, that, that makes sense. That's because if you look at the movie, Hooded Justice is is white. Like if you look He's got at a German eyes. accent as yeah. well. No, but he, but no, because in the it explains in the TV show why he did that. He's not yeah, white. But that wasn't part of the comic. Ah, right. Because he's okay. dead. Yeah. He also is like the this. Well, no, they say they found a body that they mm. thought was him. It's like a mm-hmm. weird thing. It's just mentioned in the book section. Yeah. But that was I a, absolutely that was, loved him in the TV show. Yeah, the TV show that was completely created as as brand new. That was ah. that was completely different there. One uh, thing I've heard about the though. TV show is that 
the guy who wrote it just had that story he wanted to write and yep. the watch yeah, was like true. on the side <laughs> like it's so true it's so true because yeah. it's it's the main plot line yeah. like but in it but it's so good so right. good um mothman yeah, the one who <laughs> yeah, went insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one of the ones I loved as well as Silhouette. She was absolutely <gasps> stunning. Like, like I loved the femme fatale look, and she looked absolutely amazing. Uh, Dollar Bill, which just like, made us laugh. Uh, <laughs> oh, he was the one. It, it explains in the comics that he was like a bank mascot. Like yeah. they hired him to be like a superhero for the bank. <laughs> uh, I, and he's the one that got his cape caught in the. And the door, that's doors, why, so yeah. that's why capes are bad. So no capes. No capes. <laughs> no, capes. Um, no capes. The original Night Owl, which was Hollis Mason, and mm. the comedian, because the comedian fucking aged well, because he was in the originals, and he still looked uh, not too bad. I'm glad they didn't, when he was in Vietnam as well, they didn't go with the, the bondage look for... Um, <laughs> the live action because that would have been Oh yeah, weird he has that like gimp mask, doesn't he, with like the yeah, square the mouth. Of... Yeah. yeah. They stayed away from that. Zack Snyder was like, that's a bit too far. <laughs> and I know, like, we're laughing, we'll take the piss out of Snack, Zack Snyder, like, with other things, but this was the one movie that I loved for Zack Snyder where the slow mo worked in every instance mm. that he used. It's got yeah. some Snyderisms in it, though, like, the mm-hmm. his, like, cheesy side. Because, like, did you notice there was a part where Adrian was talking to, like, just those, like, other company people and there's like the twin towers very visible and like shiny and like like you know a glowing light behind them Mm. like behind him (laughs) that's very snyder he likes his like overt like you know jesus pose superman and stuff (laughs) like that (laughs) it's very true his cinematography though is just it is beautiful the man knows how to put together a good movie and what i was so pleased about is that he actually knew where to put songs in this one yeah because he doesn't he he doesn't have a good time put fitting songs into the right places and this one he actually managed to hit every song kind of hit its mark i think this is the prime slider about my chemical romance (laughs) so what was that so i think this is the one that sort of set the bar for snyder of kind of like this kind of was like this is where we want superhero movies to be going we want them to look and sound and be like this mm-hmm. but it also proves snyder can only really do stuff when he's adapting someone else's work mm. you let him do it... his own thing it all goes horribly wrong nothing makes sense his visuals and his sound are brilliant but he needs a base story to work from and he had a really good one for batman versus superman but he didn't he didn't follow the right direction he just managed to mush two comic books together and go that'll do he made batman dc i stay away from anyways he nearly made me walk out the cinema (laughs) because batman had a gun yeah i think does anybody trying to work with warner to do dc stuff doesn't stand a chance anyway i don't think you could be the greatest person in the world it would still be the biggest piece of trash that's going to come out it's Um, interesting though like this this kind of movie hasn't really happened again like a Mm -hmm. full-on like serious take at a comic book uh, I know, like the Sin City as well, and, and like stuff. I would say Sin City is the closest to something like this, yeah. where it was direct graphic novel to screen, but the first yeah. maybe not second. Mm. Um, yeah, but like it's but, weird because you'd think, as as like the rise of like the MCU, you'd think people would be taking comics more seriously, but it's almost like the opposite, where mm-hmm. they've like took it and they're like, 
no, our our MCU is better than the comics. You don't need the comics anymore. <laughs> it's like we're gonna redo every story. It's, it's weird. I think it's difficulty with all of these kind of like how to put this nerdism mm -hmm. things that when they're getting brought up to screen the issue you have is everyone has their own version of how they've mm. read it mm. or how they've viewed it so no one's ever going to be happy what hits screen and it's oh exactly really yeah, that, that, impossible yeah. To please yeah it is getting worse because they're trying too hard to appease people and no. just sticking by and going this is the comic story you're getting yeah like stand it. by it Mm -hmm. yours might come around the next time around but yeah. this is the one we are doing yeah but because everyone literally cries at everything like that's not my version of this so <laughs> you know i totally i totally agree and um, david air with the suicide squad when he went on about how that's not my that's not my suicide squad i have this i have another version of this and say like, do just fucking own what you got own what was put out own it i'd have a lot more respect for it because he really went hard on the mcu that year but that's and so it's fine, like, but the, the, i can understand why he did that at the same time just simply I because he, he did a film he he, he finished it give it to the studio who give it to someone who basically re cut the trailer and recut a yeah. brand new film that so mm -hmm. yeah and I, so and then slapped it saying david air made this film he he fair enough he shot the scenes but that's not his film so i can understand his frustration in a way and all like, signed over his royalties to, yeah, <laughs> to his <true>. artist <laughs> friend yeah there's so many different arguments you can have or look at the viewpoints that way um the one thing i do like say, there's a few things that i think missed the boat completely with the watchman and again i'm not going to be too critical because i do love this movie mm -hmm. um because i love the gag in the comic where rorschach's the one that's walking around with it and is nigh um yeah and that was kind of lost on that gag and spoiled a little bit because you see him walking around with the sign so mm -hmm. you'd already know what rorschach looks like now without the mask so when they take the mask off and when the police capture him, it has it lessens the impact that you would have got from seeing his face originally. I know yeah. um, that might be just a personal choice to me, but I would have probably cut that out and said we don't really need Rorschach walking around with the end but of it sign. Was, I think it was to kind of to to really let you know that there is another person under there, and it makes it it makes sense to me now since I've watched it. What the end bit. Mm -hmm. Um, when he when he takes his mask off, he he dies as Walter Kovacs, and he is there is a there is two sat there is another person in there. So mm -hmm. I didn't mind the fact that you got to see him. Um, I just missed him a few times. Mm -hmm. Not gonna I think lie, like, missed the sign. I, they, they, <laughs> I um... quite liked it. I liked the whole thing of him walking around and he was viewing it all from the other side as well mm -hmm. as in it in the mask and then walking around and seeing the streets as they are and everything like that and. To be honest, when they do the comedian's funeral, there's a bit with that that I love because obviously he comes walking past as well. And it's um, Night Owl is the only one to sort of just for a split second look at him, just like, hang on a second. Yeah, like, then, what's this smelly guy not, doing like, here? <laughs> it's probably the smell, isn't it? He probably recognizes <laughs> it. something that he clicks to because no one else even acknowledges this guy walking past with this sign. Yeah. But you see that for a split second in the movie that Night Owl kind of turns, just has a little look, and then kind of just brushes it off of like. Mm -hmm. Probably I think it. I think overall though they kind of they did Rorschach dirty on the whole, like the the because the therapy scenes in the comic are like really good mm. and you get you get much more of a sense of like what he is because I think if people only watch the movie they just think like oh he's like angry Batman who kills and it's like mm. no he like like Sammy was saying is is Kovacs persona 
died the day he saw like that that mm. kidnapping case yeah um and it's like rorschach is him now yeah. um so again i'm not actually sure why he takes the mask off at the end unless it's like rorschach doesn't actually die as long as his journal lives on type mm. of thing well that's but, that, that's, yeah. that's exactly how i interpreted it like he had to yeah. die as walder for his for the journal to continue because he will always continue on with that journal yeah. oh, um one thing I really it's just the absolute like I know for me when I watch it it's like just the giving up of like all that fighting for it what was the point they, yeah, they possibly, won anyway. yeah. They, no. you were never going to win against them no um, and obviously even the journal was kind of like you can kill me but yeah. I've already put it out there no definitely the world's gonna know and... I don't quite understand why Dr. Manhattan goes out of his way to murder him really mm. because like Adrian's not bothered and i don't think it would have made much of a difference whether or not like he walked away for rorschach of kind of like the guy will never stop he's absolutely yeah. like as far as the film goes um they've got him so tortured and so caught up in everything that he's not seeing anything more than just the bad justice. Yeah. it's justice rorschach is yeah. all about justice however way that looks to him it's justice the case yeah. that you referred to with the little girl that's mm. actually a real case that was that um, actually happened that one everything in it i'm fine with except for that bit because that bit just gets us around like yeah also i don't know why there was a couple of parts like i don't know why they changed what why like how he killed the guy because like they did they made it like super like awful and violent in a different way but i don't think it serves a different purpose In the comic, he like he like handcuffs him to the furnace and then sets the house on fire and gives him a saw, like in the saw movie. <laughs> um, and is like, you know, it's like he's like, oh, you, it's it'll be faster to saw through the arm, and then he just walks out and he watches like the entire building burn. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like I don't see how that is, how the knife thing is worse or better. Like yeah. you know, mm. from a from like a violent perspective i think it's mm. on the same level no, <laughs> i don't i don't know why they're bothered with that unless they just couldn't be bothered to do like a fire scene or something possibly might have been like an expensive one but the other thing again i was quite gutted that they missed off because i loved the story in the book and i know again it sounds wrong because it's like a horrible story but how rorschach gets his mask and like yeah it's oh. such an interesting take in the comic where like say he, re- he rescues like a this she's an actress or a model from being raped um in an alleyway and one of the people like rips a, a dress off with rorschach saves her and he and it's like this material that's like say, that does like the movement and like like as part it was, of it yeah i think they've wrote themselves into a bit of a corner by changing the dr manhattan story because in the mm. in the comics he's already advanced technology up to like electric cars and stuff yeah. mm-hmm. in the movie they don't show that until afterwards mm-hmm. um like after the ending so like he, they say he created that weird rorschach material mm-hmm. so i think they're like they accidentally put the tech back <laughs> in the movie yeah. timeline just by like the the change in the writing but yeah like in in this the yeah the, the therapist guy gets mm-hmm. a lot like i know they don't have time in a movie Mm-hmm. But it's not just one session where Rorschach just like traumatizes him. No. Also, <laughs> they change it to where the guy walks out and he's like, I can't help him. Like, that's the total opposite of the comic. Like, yeah. he tries so hard to help him that he mm-hmm. ruins his entire life. Like, he ruins his marriage and then he ends up like fighting on the street to like try and 
claw back some justice at the end. That like, just you know, short changes that character so much, and then doesn't he, it? Then he explodes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but still, it's like it's it it's it's kind of like the sanded off the edges, but they didn't need to like to mm. make that guy to be like a shit psychiatrist because <laughs> in the mm. comics he's trying so hard. But there's nothing wrong with Rorschach. That's no. the problem. Like yeah. he's just that way. No. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to change. And that the was the, same... the other thing I was going to mention as well is like with the extended cut that we watched, it's got the black freighter in. Yeah. Now I'll be honest yeah. with you, the black freighter doesn't add anything to the movie for me, or didn't no. add anything to the comic to me either as well. No. Them are the pages I used to skip over when I was uh, you know, younger as well. I love what it's all about, though. It's for poor Gerard Butler. Yeah, it's for Gerard Butler. Yeah, I he sorry. promised him a role in the movie. Cast everyone, it kind of went. Oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> right, so shit. we're going to put this in the extended and then technically you're still in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. I, I saw his name come up on the credits now and fuck, I can't remember him being in this. And then I had to Google it and I was I like... The extended yeah. edit, I was like, hang on. I was like, straight on IMDb, who was he in the film? Like, I've yeah. watched this film countless times. I was like, oh, he's in the extended, that's yeah. why. It's that. Because that must have added at least about 20, 25 minutes to the movie. And yeah. again, that yeah. like the things that we've just talked about and the like the things that didn't quite hit the mark that could have been fleshed out and given a little bit more body to the because i know the characters were so rich like uh, if we talk about the individual characters like rorschach all the way through is absolutely relentless like mm-hmm. some of the greatest scenes in in cinema history like when he's in prison and he's so um, funny in prison the, when he's having a go at the little guy <laughs> and the big guy and he's so great short changed <laughs> That kills us every time when the little guy's talking to him. It's the way he says the word explode because mm-hmm. it goes really high pitched and stuff. And he gets so excited when he says it. Kills <laughs> that guy's awesome. Time. He's in like loads <laughs> of films and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like it's in, like, I'd see what you mean about like going back to the Black Freighter just for a sec. Like, I've read what it's supposed to like represent, but mm-hmm. I don't see it. Like, because mm-hmm. they're, they're saying like, oh, it's like, it's supposed to be like a reflection of of everyone in the story. Like it's supposed to be like Adrian is a uh, he's gone too far down his path, and he's like mm-hmm. only thinking of saving. Therefore, he's like murdering a Nazi in the big picture. But it's like no, he does see the big picture because his plan kind of works. And yeah. I don't, yeah, I'm with Paul. Like I probably wouldn't have left that in the movie because they also don't do it right because in the comic it cuts back and forth between the newsstand guy mm-hmm. like anytime there's comic it's like the newsstand guy talking and then a bit of the comic like like the words from the black freighter mm-hmm. it's like they just kind of cut the newsstand guy out he was just kind of like a a random man yeah. who had like a scene every now and then to be like oh this is crazy on the front page right yeah. <laughs> like... oh yeah when that when them came on i must admit that's when i was i watched the first one and i was like oh I don't feel like I'm getting like I don't feel like this has anything to do with the story. So yeah. I will write my notes when these bits come on. But <laughs> what I really did like is the is the newspaper guy because I felt yeah. like he was the, the everyman. Two Bernards is that what? Yeah, yeah. the two Bernards. <laughs> I just felt like he was the everyman. The way he got upset, the fact that Doctor Manhattan had left, you know, humanity was lost. What's the point? Have the comic for free? You know, life's it's life's too short. I just mm-hmm. felt like he was such an everyman and like just a, so ordinary for the extraordinary that was going on around him and i actually really liked him he's he's a really good reflection character in the comic because he goes mm-hmm. back and forward between like he goes back and forward between politics he'd be like mm-hmm. 
oh you know like you know the the germans are amassing on the border like he's like ah that they won't do anything then the next day when he sees the next headline he's like oh i'm really worried about war like he goes back and forward like some parts he likes the heroes then he sees the new story about rorschach and he's like oh you know like these heroes like doing stuff it's like he's a really good like reflection for the reader to be like while you're flip-flopping being like ah like i hate what this character's just done i like them like a chapter Mm -hmm. ago <laughs> so you yeah. missed some of that, for sure. Oh, definitely. Isn't <laughs> and again, it's impossible to get everything like yeah. nailed on to the thing. That's why I I was always surprised that they kept that in, if that makes sense. Because yeah, if you can't do it well, or you can't do like the point that you want to get across, where it just feels like you're filling time or extending the watch hours for whatever uh, need that you want to do this, it it just could have been better suited for other things or other characters to to grow because there's you don't really get much of Ozzy in this you just know that he's like say super clever and that he's mm-hmm. um he's got this plan or he's trying to uh, like say create uh this thing with John that's going to give the world free energy and all the power brokers and all the power companies are just threatening them because they're using the old or uh, you're talking like a commie type uh <laughs> yeah. situation and he's just not even batting an eyelid and reaction to it and but again it's it's almost like his plan is too perfect in a way um when yeah. it when it goes around but you could have given him a bit more i know dan like night owl gets a fair bit of like screen time and you get like say to know the character and you you feel for the character and he's probably the most well-rounded of the of the movie as well Mm-hmm. I do yeah. wish that they cut the sex scene. I'm going to be honest; it is the most uncomfortable. <laughs> that was that was went on far since, too long since uh, Showgirls. No, it's as long as it needs to be. <laughs> those it's fine. those um, boots, man. <laughs> softy for him in the movie because it's just something. I don't know. There's just I think I'm a big softy for the underdog anyway. But yeah. there's mm-hmm. something adorable about him. Mm-hmm. All the stuff they'd be like so nerdy. Like he's so wholesome as well. And no, all the things Archimedes. that Patrick Wilson put <laughs> so much weight on to appear like this kind of mm-hmm. slightly more bloated, like used to be a hero but isn't anymore. I know that. Which feeling. I don't get. I know that feeling too well. Damn. Don't worry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't get this when you see him with nothing on. It's like the guy is still absolutely ripped, and and we saw him with absolutely on. nothing on quite a few I'd times. I'd say that one, like might not have been Americans America's ass, Lawrence. but it was certainly a uh, an ass there. It was. Um, it was Patrick Wilson's ass. But it was amazing. I, <laughs> yeah, like, like that's where they bring the humor back as well. I know, if, like, you you do cringe like when the first sex scene happens and he can't get it up because he's not wearing the suit. Um, it's just like, oh, you, you, you again. It it happens to the best of us. Not gonna lie, um, <laughs> we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> the suit. I think it's the lovely sort of parallel between him and Silk Spectre and what was going on with Miss Jupiter and the comedian. Mm-hmm. Like two polar opposite ways of like kind of coming across their men, mm-hmm. but yeah. with him, I don't. Think it's just that I think it's that thing. You know, this guy sat there for years, you know, mm-hmm. fawning over her, knowing obviously he's not the guy. And then when it happens, it's kind of like one of those, oh god, it's happening, it's happening. Yeah, oh, no, this is too much also, pressure. Like I can't do this. Also, <laughs> like, like to, but that he's not himself in that moment either, is he? Because it's like 
until he puts like the suit back on like that's like the real dan Dryberg, you know night <laughs> owl after that prison scene yeah. and everything and it's like they are back as them too almost i, I see it as kind of cute it's almost back to the start of like what he would have done the first time round. yeah um get to do it this time yeah um no, I'm big softy for him in the movie. Yeah, I just oh. I thought he was so wholesome. Like he was just how nerdy he was as well. I loved it, and I love the fact that he still went and had his talks with um the original Night Owl. Like yeah. he would go and sit and talk to him and just listen to him, even if he didn't have much. To, even if he was probably repeating what he spoke about the week before when he saw him, he still mm. was just happy to listen to him. He just come across oh. as such a wholesome guy. I mean, yeah, even though he's like, don't you got a date or something? It's Saturday night, and he's like, no, no. <laughs> no not, not me, man. Not me, man. I'll just go home in my little uh, little owl cave. Um, Is it also to go into the comedian and mischief it a bit? Or not? Yeah, no. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, it's a gnarly scene. It is mm. a gnarly scene. But mm. there is something in it, taking all the context of obviously what he was going to do. The sound quality in that scene is incredible like one of my favorites are kind of sound and something where it's the the pop from the suspenders and even mm-hmm. like how they do the rope on the the calls you hear every little noise yeah 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 it's as if they've like amazing. like put the like put the gain up on all the microphones so they can hear like you get you hear too much basically mm. <laughs> um but no it's done so well and even all that like kind of as horrible as that part of the story seems mm-hmm. but being quite integral to it of kind of I mean, how brilliant line she sat there. It's like when you obviously when you've got less time, the future mm-hmm. seems darker, but the past starts to look that little bit brighter. Mm-hmm. And that lovely moment when obviously all clicks into place. Yeah. And obviously without all of that, she wouldn't have the daughter. Yeah. 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 And all the yeah. fears of him being around, obviously, when she's younger and coming charging up at him. Mm-hmm. It's her not realizing he already knows that's his kid. Yeah. No, uh, she stepped in, that was his daughter. Yeah, if you notice in the opening scene. There's pictures of her all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even when he's yeah, when he's got killed and it's like a pictures next yeah. to his bed. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like he still holds that candle to her. Um maybe just that, in a very maybe dark that explains why he softened up and that why he was upset with Moloch, because he was worried about his daughter. Like if if that was part mm-hmm. of Adrian's plan, is she gonna be part of the like what was Fall gonna out. be sacrificed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah. Never thought of it like that, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, love... I thought I don't know, like the the Silk Spectre character, the they definitely like sanded off a lot of the edges mm-hmm. and made her a lot more like agreeable and like because in the comics just constantly arguing with people, like rightly so as well. <laughs> like she's usually the one like on the right side or or just being like, I don't want to see this, like this is horrible. <laughs> like and that's mm-hmm. kinda like she's the only one who sometimes sees like the horror that's happening around everything but yeah like it's interesting because even in the comics like the the scene is more mm. horrible because hooded justice tells tells her to get out and clean herself up and stuff yeah. which they left out of the movie mm-hmm. glad like which i'm happy about because i thought that was like gross but Very um, yeah. yeah um but yeah even like a like the the new silk specter and stuff like she's just a lot less argumentative and like opinionated, and I feel like they definitely lost something there. She's kind of just like along for the ride, like mm. most of the time. Yeah. No it's, smoking it's either. 
issue she was that hard as fuck just in the film. Out. Yeah, yeah. This sure. came out that very much just created that character of like the fanboys are gonna love this. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. I think if it was done now, she'd probably be more in that sort of vein. But I think given the time range when this came out, they wouldn't have tried to do a character like that. No. Yeah. I, I think with again, Jake's nailed it on as well because. She did didn't have as strong a part in the movie as she should have, like compared to the comics. But there's one line in the movie that does like I I I almost like I stand up and cheer is when the FBI agents is interrogating us in what have you done to um uh, like upset Miss Doctor Manhattan to get him to leave, um and he should and he's like oh if you picked the right time to do it you get like you can't tell us how to run in life and he said well I was just telling you how to do your job. So he slams his head on the desk and says, that's as close as you'll ever get to calling me a whore, which yeah. is just so powerful. But again, um, that's more uh, Silk Spectre from the comic than we got from mm-hmm. this movie. Who, um, But going through the characters as well, like Dr. Manhattan is one of the most infuriating characters, <laughs> not just yeah. in the movies, but in comic books. Yeah. Well. Just imagine a character with who's got all the powers to do anything he wants. He knows everything, and he is the biggest dumbass in the world as well. Mm-hmm. He needs a slap, but you can't slap he him because he'll go intangible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like when you throw what, a cup at him. <laughs> what What really got me was well, I know we're going to go into his characteristics, but it was the one scene where it's the scene where he disappears, mm-hmm. and it's they, like they find out that he's he's giving all these people cancer, mm-hmm. and they're all crowding him. Mm-hmm. They know what this man is capable of. Yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> they go know what he room. could actually. They know what he could actually do, and they all crowd him to the point where he's like, "Fuck this, I'm out." But I'm like, "Are you so fucking stupid?" Like he could do that to you in a second. Like you would be mm-hmm. gone. Did you see what he did in Vietnam? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's the point. No, I don't think the American public did see what he was well, doing. <laughs> I found it. I found it really interesting that all the flags had fifty-one stars on because after they won the it's Vietnam that. War, mm-hmm. Vietnam became a state of America. Yeah. And, and did, yeah. Did you notice as well? It was like the the comedian had that great line where he's like. Oh, can you imagine what would happen if we'd lost? Like everyone would have lost their minds. And it's like, oh, <laughs> you mean like the world we live in? Yes. Yep. Yeah, like our reality. <laughs> well, again, the most poignant line in the film, and it, again, it, it it like it is beautifully done as well because it's done with no satire or jokes about the Superman is real and he's American. Yeah, <laughs> just and that's how scary this film becomes is when America the, the, has the, the even... Superman. They even leave in the line where he's like, "That's like when Wally's like, that's not act- that's actually a misquote. Like what mm-hmm. I said was, God is real. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. He's American. <laughs> that's even scarier. Yeah. You know, I think with the movie context of like the the whole thing, like with Doctor Manhattan, was for the all crowd and stuff like that. I think it's almost I saw it as kind of at this point, I'm to become a little bit stale in a sense that he's become so obsessed over building this machine that he's lost track of everything else and mm-hmm. they're all very aware now that he's kind of become defunct so his only use is to pin mm-hmm. all this on him put him in all this stress and get him to have a reaction on screen mm-hmm. so the public will believe he is capable of doing this yeah yeah because obviously the whole tv set it's all set up Mm-hmm. You get the whole thing that obviously they purposely got him in that day. They made sure they had everybody in there and pin him on all those questions mm-hmm. to garner that reaction to see if he would kind of break 
in front of everyone. Yeah. So to the, the American public, it makes sense. Like, oh, yeah, because he broke on TV. So Absolutely. He, he, he pushes buttons. He, like you say, he yeah. has feelings. He does react. But you, yeah, you, you, you don't think he would have buttons <laughs> the way you see him <laughs> act normally. Well, no. That's it. He's, he's kind of like his humanity is it fades away, but it almost feels like in, a, in that second... He, it comes back a little bit, especially when he knows what that it what it's done mm-hmm. to his first love, and yeah. probably is you know his only love, yeah. um as a as a human. So that's like the humanity side kind of like creeping back in again, and then all of a sudden it's like nope, gone, bye. And again, <laughs> it is it has that amazingly dark bit afterwards once he actually um once he disappears and he's going through the run through of everything that happened, obviously how it happened to him. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The origin story of Dr. Manhattan, again, if we're going back to the intro and like all the different things going through, this was done to perfection. Mm-hmm. Like, like film wise, story wise, and like even like acting wise, like every little piece of that puzzle was put together in such a way that, like, apart I think... from the watch thing, mm-hmm. apart from the reason he goes back in the machine in the movie, <laughs> is like, mm. oh, I forgot my watch. In the in the comic, it's he like he repaired that watch because it mm. was uh is it who was he going was it Janet is that the girl I that he was dating so. yeah it, like that's that's her watch that gets dropped mm. at the carnival and the reason he goes back in is because like that's like the their, that was their first date that was mm-hmm. a special moment but in the movie it's just like ah oh, left my watch I'm just gonna <laughs> run back into the dangerous <laughs> machine <laughs> who shut the door no it shut it was... it was on a timer. Oh, yeah. I just should, I thought someone like Time walked past and just the kicked it. <laughs> it was it was Doctor Fate. Um, but the thing that stood out to me is just like the little hairs standing up on his uh, on his arm and stuff like that. Yeah. That little embrace, then the explosion, and then he's starting to materialize himself, and you just see like the nerve endings. The wording of it, of like it's this date and mm. a certain system has appeared here, and then mm-hmm. somewhere else he appears again until he comes into full form. But when he's talking about his misses and he starts saying, like, I can see a raging. Yeah. Yeah. So, no so he goes for a 16 year old, which they don't say out loud in the yeah. movie, but that's how <laughs> old she is in the comics. It really does set of kind of like as much as he's this big blue thing he's still very human at the basis of it that yeah. he still mm-hmm. thinks in that sort of way that now he's so above it all he can just toss the previous one away and pick up the next one and they'll mm-hmm. be enamored by him mm-hmm. and you see obviously through it's what he, exactly what he does to her as well that he just disassociates away from her she's getting older yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is not as interesting now. What a dick! <laughs> Massive blue dick. <laughs> Massive and, and, blue a, and that dick. was one of the notes of thunder. This film has too much big blue dong. Um, I didn't really notice it because I feel like that it's Ow. mostly when he's walking into the. Well, because it's mostly when he walks from like the background to the foreground, and then after that, they cover it up most of the time. I mean, I I'm really glad. Oh, sorry. When Rorschach comes in for the first time to talk to him, and he's like, "He's huge." Yeah. yeah, and Rorschach just kind of stood like quite close in behind him. I'm like, that could not be a pleasant view. You just he could just squash it with his dick. He just like yeah. Yeah. Doing, doing, just if he like turned around, Timmy, he would have imagine doing Timmy Mallet, Mallet's Mallet with uh, Doctor Manhattan's dick. Don't imagine it. <laughs> I don't want to imagine it. I'm just <laughs> really glad when they did the Vietnam scene and you see him coming up over the horizon. Yeah. He had something on there, but that was in yeah. the comics. I was in the comic, so yeah, in that. the comics, he had the pants on as well. But I know, but Zack Snyder could have been like, "Hang on a minute, I I can get dicks in here. Let's get some dicks in." But I, I know you laugh, but the the reason behind it was because he he started finding clothing and like pants trivial, 
So that's why yeah, he just like decided he, he was Well, that makes a lot of sense for the, it's like you know, another, the higher beanie is. It's like another loss of humanity because he has a full up to his neck suit on in mm-hmm. the in the Minutemen or the Crime Busters meeting. <laughs> crime yeah. Busters. As it goes on. Yeah, as it as it goes on, he has less and less clothes mm-hmm. until he's yeah. just like, I don't care anymore, which no. is it's a it's a it's a weird vibe. <laughs> <laughs> it was choices, you know. But like it yeah. happened. And I think with the movie as well, like if you talk about like iconic looks, there's n- like we're we're in a stage now where we've got an abundance of comic book characters, comic book mm. looks and stuff. But I still rate Watchmen looks up there with some of the most iconic looks out there. Like especially yeah. if you go back to the comic wise, um, like Rorschach's mask, even Doctor Manhattan's like blue glow and the symbol on his forehead, um, like even the comedian. Everything just stands out and just has an impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. and it's like it's one of those things with movies, isn't it? Because like you can say, "Oh, well, you know, it's 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 this many years on, therefore movies look better." And it's like, mm-hmm. well, actually, because it's you're pointing at a real life camera at real life humans, like mm-hmm. it it doesn't always look better. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like the Watchmen in parts absolutely looks. Like better than some Marvel movies, just because, like the lighting, they've they've actually spent time on like the lighting. Mm-hmm. There was no parts where I was watching this, mm-hmm. where I was like, "Oh, it's too dark. I can't see anything." But that oh. happens very often with like mm-hmm. modern TV shows. <laughs> that was that was one thing that I noticed was how effective the lighting actually was, mm-hmm. and how because I can't count how many like how many movies I've seen that I have not been able to see because of how dark yeah. that they are. Um, Han Solo being one of them. How ridiculous! Yeah, is actually. That? The end, like the the last season of Mandalorian, like the last few fights, I was like, "What the mm-hmm. hell is going on?" Like it's too dark. <laughs> yeah. Saying that though, talking about a, a dark scene coming out from this movie, um, Jake made us write this on me notes. He actually sent us a message, <laughs> and you better write this notes. And I can never unsee this again. At a certain point, when we're seeing Doctor Manhattan creating anything, you actually come out of Doctor Manhattan's butthole. Yep. When when he's making his like castle in the sky thing, yep. and, like <gasps> levitating, the camera just pulls straight out. Oh, and I'm just like, it's like oh. I've just flown out of the Captain um, Doctor Manhattan's butt, and now oh, that just, scene like, oh, is we going to be imprinted oh, like, forever on my mind now. So thank it you. Just Jim. like it brushed the top of our heads as we flew back in the camera seat. <laughs> so we can say we we've, we've actually come out of Doctor Manhattan's butthole. Yes, I don't think he poops anymore. I don't know. Is I think any... he's beyond. I think he's beyond that now. Like completely we never see him eating it. anything. No, no it's, <laughs> not, like, it's like a Harry Potter situation. Like he just changes the atoms and like that can go there, and like won't worry about where I put it, but it's gone somewhere. Because um... they do some very strange things in the comic and with the, the movie with Doctor Manhattan, like which again always brings up questions I would like to ask. Like, and I I know when Silk Spectre re- reacts to finding out that he. Uh, multiplied himself a few times when they were uh, making whoopee, shall we say? What a uh, dick move! Would Would you have reacted that same way, or would you have just Absolutely. went along with it? Nope. Well, no, because I think in it when she mentioned, like you mentioned, like, but I thought you liked this, and it's like clearly they've done this before. They've utilized mm-hmm. the fact that obviously he can mm-hmm. multiply himself and change himself about, but it's more the case of that he's not even really in the room. Yeah, and if you notice how he immediately blames her for it as well, he's just yeah. like, "I don't, I don't know what you even like anymore." <laughs> like that whole classic thing. Like Jess was saying, like he's absolutely at core, he's still like a shitty bloke from the nineteen fifties or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> 
bit. <laughs> but no, I think it's more that that's the outrage in that scene. It's not the fact that there's multiple of them. It's the fact that he's not even in in the moment anymore. He's just <clears throat> appeasing, just to keep her happy so he can keep working in the other room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the sad moment. Where you're like, yeah. oh, like, it I really is quite brutal. How a bit, cares. There's something a bit creepy as well because she describes it as like licking a battery. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't, like, I how that. can that be pleasurable? <laughs> I think mean, yeah. As far as like crazy, you know, fetish stuff goes, even well, I'm battery sort of licking. Kind of like, I've never thought about licking a battery as a. Mm-mm. I think a I think people did it in the seventies and the eighties because there wasn't much else to do. <laughs> <laughs> Not sex, I mean licking nine volts. <laughs> get the get the batteries. <laughs> or where she put the batteries, but uh, but that's another story for another time. Um <laughs> That could have been him about to say, like, oh I'm about to make the battery obsolete. <laughs> like <laughs> you know what? In in the comics, like hats off to Alan Moore. Like he talks about lithium batteries for like the cars, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Yep, that's where we ended up eventually. <laughs> it took a while. We didn't have a, a Manhattan to jump the tech forward, but it's cool that they actually did the research at the time yeah. to see what was like possible or how how mm. it would probably end up. See, I was always interested about that, 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 so I did actually look into it. Now, Alan Moore is responsible for the political undertones and mm-hmm. like like the 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 tone of of Watchmen, but Dave Gibbons was the actual guy who was thinking about what kind of food the, would they be eating in this, what kind of cars would be then, what kind oh, of okay. thing so dave gibbons is actually responsible for them little things that might like not world go world building yeah stuff so alan yeah. moore was more like saying i want to make this political i want to make this like satire i want to show mm-hmm. i want to show turn the world on itself and laugh at its own face where dave gibbons is like okay we'll do that but i want to see what what like say, if we had someone that could create everything what stage in, in the world would be and i've i don't think he gets the credit he deserves with no, that type right. of thing as well but it's, it's nice how it all meshes together, though. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just like, oh, this part's sci-fi, this part's the, mm-hmm. the satire. Like, mm-hmm. it all fits really well. Because, like, yeah, I wouldn't have noticed there was multiple sort of mm-hmm. writers in it. Oh, um, yeah. It's fascinating to read or to listen to them to talk about, or well, Alan Moore won't talk about it, but listen to uh, Dave Gibbons talk about it. Literally, DC, again, loads of people give DC a lot of shit, but they just basically give their give Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons blank check, blank paper yeah. and went, write your story. Mm-hmm. We won't get involved. Whatever you just want to do, you've got this amount of time to do it. And literally, they were both sat on a table next to each other on one piece of paper, writing stuff or drawing stuff and just saying, does this idea work? And throwing things back and forth. And that's how they got the shit done. And again, not yeah. many people would get that opportunity to do something like that these days or yeah. even then. Not at all. And not at all. It's, it's And it's such a brilliant way of being creative as well, because usually you've got your writer on one room and within like, you know, another room, you've got your, your drawer, your artist who's going off what's been written. They're not even in the same room with each other. I think um, uh, Frank, no, God, no. Who does the Batman? What's his name? Frank uh, Jim Lee, Frank Miller. No, no, recent, recent guy, Snyder. Oh, I've, I've got my I've, Dan yeah. Snyder, is da, it? Dan Snyder, I think it was Dave Snyder. Something. No, <laughs> them somewhere. two, them two, the artist and the writer, they they fought so badly over their creative, um, creativeness because he would write one way, and the artist would be like, "Well, no, I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not following your direction in that," until they eventually sat together. 
And yeah. I think it's such a brilliant way of doing it. It's really doing my head in what Greg is he called Greg? It's not Greg. I know I'm trying to look at the comics now. You know who he is though, don't you? Yeah, because he got because he had this whole arch that was for Batman uh reborn. The, um, and yes. they cut him short because he started doing a love story and they went, We don't want to do a love story with him and Catwoman. Um, <laughs> Batman doesn't love. <laughs> yeah. So he, he got his uh, arc because uh, he was supposed to be gonna get like a like a, a, a full run and he he done yeah. well because he gave us like the uh the riddler wars and stuff like that um, scott snyder scott snyder that's the one yes okay uh, all the names under uh, the sun but yes you did it yeah um, it's called it. snyder in the future <laughs> <laughs> but, but jumping back to rorschach as well because one of the things i we did get um when they took the mask off him as well is he as he said he didn't see uh rorschach as his disguise, he saw Walter mm. as his disguise, and mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. he didn't actually feel comfortable without his mask. And he didn't ever used to call it a mask; he used to call it his skin or his face. His face. His face. Yeah. He's, he says it in the film, doesn't he? he says, "Where's my face?" I was like, yeah. <laughs> "You'll get it for you." Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy's not there for the riot either. Like in the comic. <laughs> no, nothing about it. It's, it's it's very uncomfortable. It's not nice to wear. Uh, <laughs> cosplay is not for Paul. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but he, like, there's there's that part which I, I think makes it into the movie where he gets his like clothes out the dumpster, <laughs> or he's like dropped them off, and he's like, oh, now I feel like confident, now I feel like safe, and like I can mm-hmm. take on anything. Um, and it is that it's that whole Batman idea where like Bruce Wayne's the the mask, like you know, mm-hmm. like the the creature that is Batman is what the real man is now after like you know the trauma turns him into it. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask Jake as well, because I know Jake is a very fond of fight scenes and action and close combat and stuff like that. Yeah. How did you feel about the, the combat scenes in this? Because I know we talked about the original fight scene, but all mm-hmm. the way through this, we've got loads of different types of kind of battle scenes or fight scenes. Yeah, definitely. Um, Like overall, I'm a fan. Like I think with today's eyes the the bone breaking stuff is a bit silly <laughs> like when you <laughs> like um but i get what they were going for like hyper violence and they were probably trying to show like these people are on a different level mm-hmm. like you know yeah. the 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 not top gang aren't in the same league as like what a uh, like night owl and stuff <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was a bit silly seeing them just like oh i'm just gonna kick someone's knee back <laughs> like kick his leg off basically <laughs> um but no like shot shot wise yeah like it's like mm-hmm. it's beautiful like i love that prison uh corridor <gasps> sequence like that's probably that my notes mm-hmm. that's probably my favorite and um a bit of the stuff with Mandius at the end yeah is like is quite fun to look at mm-hmm. but yeah um like i say the bone breaking is a bit silly but mm-hmm. um overall i definitely like the style because you can like see everything yeah like like paul was saying there's like the part at the start's a bit more like a like a dirty scuffle um mm-hmm. until it starts with like the stuff with the knives where he like catches the knife dance with each other and there was the one se- the flashback scene where rorschach when he's a kid he's with the bullies oh yeah and he probably boots that one in the in the nuts and then cracks him across the face and then he bites his fucking cheek yeah, that's in the comic too <laughs> shot for shot yep but um <sighs> the prison scene for me as well like this like I, I love the start but it's not the highlight the the fight scene in the prison is is unbelievable and then to top it all off the fight scene between ozzy uh 
Night Owl and uh, Rorschach where he knows every move that they're going to take and he, it, mm. it's effortless for him and they're doing everything kind of try and take him out it, it, it and as you said it's not close caption it's not quick editing it, you see everything clearly and mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen in these fight scenes as well because you know you've seen it in the comics but you've it, it is choreographed like to the T mm. but there's a brutal and I think Jess said it really well before during the uh, the scene with the comedian and, and uh, Silk Spectra, the sound effects. Now, mm-hmm. the sound effects in a lot of fight scenes can either make it wah, wah or like the brutality. Mm-hmm. And I do think they get this so right with this bit of it as well. A lot for the, the, dude, lot of the movie. Like, like sound quality moments of like the boots like sliding across the floor yeah. when they're getting like pushed back yeah, and like yeah. the impacts and stuff of hitting like a, there's something quite really nerdy about the sound in Watchmen. Like mm-hmm. they really thought about if something impacted on this, exactly what would it sound like, and then really mm-hmm. bring it up in quality. So yeah, you know exactly how this is gonna yeah. feel. And they Even use the though... environment a lot, which is nice to see, like how at the start he like cracks his head off the sink and everything, and it's just like everything breaking. Um, oh, I do want to before I forget that part with Hollis where he unfortunately dies. Oh, I really so like, but I really like that they kept um, his like flashback to like fighting the weird Nazi superheroes yeah. and stuff because they do that in the comic where there's like a scene of him like surrounded by like all these like you know 60s batman looking type people and like i'm really <laughs> glad to found the time to keep that in <laughs> yeah it was such a sad scene that oh, if i can yeah. just go back to the prison scene just for a second the at the end of it where they run, they run into Rorschanks and he's like just need to go to the toilet and then goes <laughs> in and that it's the door swinging mm-hmm. yeah that door swinging and you can see him, the little guy standing in the corner and the door swinging and the door is getting closer and closer yeah. to being closed. And then he, he washes his hands and then he comes out and it's not until like it's a few seconds later because the camera pans around and watches them walks out and then goes back to the door and then you see the effect and it's like, what the did he do in there for all that blood slop <laughs> that's the scariness like of Rorschach as well because everyone thinks oh he's just as you said a batman that kills or batman that beats he hasn't got a sense of humor um he's yeah. like because like, um uh, dan and uh like like Sil sexpo uh, was talking about uh the guy that would just come up and scream at him saying punish me punish me yeah and so just... like, what happened to him it's like he tried it with Rorschach shark and it's just like <laughs> he, dropped, oh. he dropped him down an empty elevator shaft obviously when that door thing's swinging it's like when he says he needs to go in it's like them people just look at each other like <laughs> yeah because yeah. like because yeah, like, she's, we'll yeah, just we'll just she's just like gross like he wants to go to the toilet what and it's like no not really <laughs> no he's, he's definitely taking he's definitely taking some trash out there he um, had some of the best one-liners as well they were oh, absolutely brilliant like the, the my like the best one to me to date is basically uh you think you're uh i'm in jail with you but you're you have to realize you're in jail with me type thing um it's, i like and, that like and again just the brutality like Again, it could be go on the silly side, but it 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 did make my flesh crawl a bit when he threw the the hot fat on the guy's face, and mm-hmm. you instantly yeah. saw him. And it kind of the shot lingered a little bit too long on that for me. It didn't <laughs> but, move. Yeah, yeah, it didn't move. And he says, "I think it's when he he says, I hope you're ready here.'" And he says, "When you are." <laughs> that's one of that's one of my favorite lines of his too. But it they stayed on. It's in the prison. 
mm. of when obviously it's the whole thing waiting for that guy with the fact like the moment he dies that's it it's game on yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then they all I mean, announce like he's gone and it's like all the doors just open mm-hmm. and when he sets it all up and like the water's coming into the cell and just calmly just steps up on steps it up. And, <laughs> just wait to see what happens next um all of that with him just how kind of calculated it is from him mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. sort of thing like they all think of it's like already oh, right, screwed up now yeah mm-hmm. there's so many people out there after him and say it's exactly what he'd been waiting for which is kind of like they'll yeah. ride it i'll just walk like walk my way through a lot of them and then leave well he just starts doing a county say one to me <laughs> yeah yeah what is he, there's a line that he says about justice where it's like a real man goes to a man goes to jail and somebody else dies or something like that. I can't remember. I never wrote the line down. That was a that was kind of like a clear cut case of Rorschach. Mm-hmm. Justice wasn't prison. Mm-hmm. Justice was death. Yeah. You know that was that was his justice. He wasn't going to air. Just prison wasn't wasn't the thing. So he would have been like a kid in a candy shop with all them people in there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Like I'm just thinking like the Rorschach monologues it is interesting what they decided to leave in for like 2005 because <laughs> there's all that weird stuff where like you know he says the r word a couple of times or they also don't they leave in the part where he's like where he's like oh adrian possible homosexual we'll yeah. have to investigate yeah, we'll have to look into that yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah because in the the make a more more of a deal of it in the comics that he's like reading like that right-wing newspaper that you you briefly see the the part at the end. It's like, oh, so he's like reading the Sun. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> he's yeah. a, oh, he's a Daily Mail reader. Yeah, yeah. right. And he's like... He the same comment about the um, the original last whose name I, oh, I don't know why I always forget it. Um, the really sort of dominatrix looking one who gets murdered. Oh, it's like she was yes. murdered for a version. Yes. Yeah. 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 But no he's sympathy really... for why they were killed. It's just kind of like, well, they did to themselves, didn't they? They shouldn't have mm. been that way. And they're like. Oh God! Like yeah, <laughs> and like the on, the only character he idolizes is the comedian. Like that's the only one he respects, and mm-hmm. even that's like a very distant respect, though. Like I don't think they ever say like any words to each other, and it's not implied that they ever did, like before. But it's like he has this like this like blind respect just because he's like a nihilist, like Sammy was mm-hmm. saying at the start. How like it's almost as if like everything matters to them, but nothing mm. at the same time because like yeah. they've obviously got these like strong beliefs but they're sort of willing to do anything to get there meaning that they don't they can't care about the people along the way yeah. apart mm-hmm. from dan apparently because they do have that little friendly moment where he's like he's like i know i'm difficult to work with and it's like and then dan's obviously immediately falls like <laughs> falls in half and he's like no that's fine <laughs> i thought that was a nice little soft moment to them as well because um it is like, but because you can tell the friends and yeah, it probably well, they were partners. And well, he was friends with Walter before mm-hmm. the the kidnapping incident. I think is what, mm-hmm. like I think that happened on his own type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was like off the deep end. But yeah, like but Dan, he does fall too quickly to be like he's he's very much like an insecure person, which I'm sure <laughs> we can all relate to. Just like, like the, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Don't, said, don't, don't be nasty yeah, to me. <laughs> no, you, yeah, you said, you said these horrible things, but you know, I still like you and I'm not going to call you on it type of thing. <laughs> it's funny. I, I do find it quite interesting though as well, because everything that Rorschach kind of goes through, like in this movie, you only see him get flustered twice. Like yeah. the one where the police corner him, like when he's, he's screaming no, oh, yeah, and he's freaking yeah. out and he's like looking for something. Yeah. And then he finds like the can and that, 
just an amazing scene. Um, and then at the end, when he knows, like, there's no hope, there's no thing, and he's, he's taking the mask off to scream at Dr. Manhattan to, to do it type thing. I think yeah. it's quite... Because everyone says that Dr. Manhattan's the, the emotionless one, but Rorschach's quite similar in a way, but he goes about it... Like, I think he cares too much about humanity or, or justice, and Dr. Justice. Manhattan's like the, the opposite side where uh, he wants to do good, but he just doesn't give a fuck anymore. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. I think like Rorschach's feeling like hun- like massive, like he doesn't show it. He doesn't like show it outwardly, but he like he's he's got like massive abandonment issues because yeah. like he thinks that Dan's gonna stand by him and be like, yeah, like fuck it, we're going back to New York and we're gonna tell everybody. Mm-hmm. And the moment Dan's like. Mm. Man, like, well, like yeah. yeah it's too late type of yeah thing. yeah he's but very that... rosh is just as wrong as wrong and right and right as right like he's there's no there's no blurred line with them mm. at and all then, and there's that always that famous line as well never compromise even in the face of armageddon um yeah. it shows that he's that sums, gonna... it sums him up it sums him up perfectly that just <laughs> one guess, line like, right there yeah like just thinking there like i guess from his point of view it's like they are going to end the war but which is almost a solution but it's not like it's not Rorschach's solution it's like a solution by lying like by deception mm-hmm. so I guess he's not satisfied like he wants to end like the corruption mm-hmm. his way and the, like Adrian's way is the wrong way to him even though it gets like a, a similar result I guess but so is it the right or wrong way what do you guys think that was, that was yeah I was going to question is is it a happy ending or is it a sad ending? Um, I think it's sad. Things are really curious in a sense. I mean, I I love the kind of when you get into that last sort of chunk of the movie when mm-hmm. they go mm-hmm. obviously actually to him. Yeah. As soon, as, soon as it him. kicks in all along the watchtower, I'm in for it. I'm just like, yes, this is just <laughs> fucking amazing. It is. It's... Do you get the it? It's the watchtower he built. <laughs> <laughs> the watchman. <laughs> <laughs> when they get there and obviously they come in all ready to go and stop everything and it'll all be fine and i loved the whole thing of like it was it was like half an hour ago i started this shit like, how passive aggressive was that from adrian though i was like <laughs> do you think i'm some kind of super villain well yes you're killing multiple millions of people i do think you're a super villain you dick <laughs> No, he says, do you think I'm a comic book yeah. villain? Because yeah. in the comics, he says, do you it's... think I'm a movie film, uh, yeah. film oh, villain? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I love that even all of that, of like that sort of moment of, you know, you were you were way behind. You've always mm-hmm. been yeah. very behind him. He was always one step ahead of everybody. Yeah. yeah. But no, with the ending, it's weird. I don't know how I feel about the ending because in some, obviously for the devastation like that, yes, it's all very wrong and very horrible. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at what does it do for the characters, it actually works out okay for everyone mm-hmm. in a certain yeah. sense. When you see what happens with Dan and Laurie at the end, because they're no longer their characters, they've actually moved Miss Jupiter in with them mm-hmm. and they're living now an actual normal life. Yeah. Like everything's done. Manhattan's I gone. I bet they're still wearing the, 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 the outfits behind closed doors because Dan's oh, right. got that problem, absolutely. remember? So, yeah. yeah, I think occasional once a month we've cut the outfits back out. I think. <laughs> I think they might I think they might mention that in the comics because it's it's similar but slightly different where they 
the, they've got new identities now. They're calling themselves like Hollis is the surname. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I think they do say that they're going to keep it up, like the adventuring and stuff. Like, well, um, that was the impression I got when they were talking yeah. about everything being like, he's, like, she was like, Have you been down and sort? And he's like, Yeah, I've done some yeah, upgrades and that. And I was like, All right. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. They're continuing this on. That's the impression I got it's from just, them, too. There was something very sweet about just how nice for them to it sort of leaves them yeah. sort of almost free because the both characters that are sort of caught up in everybody else's stuff mm. and at the end it's just them too like now especially bringing in miss jupiter not having her in a care home anymore having to live with them like almost yeah. reeking in the hollis thing of like we're actually supposed to keep these ones with us and we should sit and listen to everything that they yeah. did it's almost mm-hmm. they shouldn't feel obscurity yeah um, i'm glad they do get a happy ending but mm. i suppose like in a it does like the the thing Adrian does does free everybody like mm-hmm. you know all of our cast <laughs> whether that's free from their lives or like John's free of the planet that he doesn't really like anymore <laughs> like mm-hmm. everyone gets some version of freedom <laughs> like whether it's not good for everybody. <laughs> I do I do have one tidbit to bring up as well, and again this is probably just me over analyzing and thinking too much because as Jessica said. Uh, Adrian was not just one, but seventeen steps ahead of everyone in the plan, and like even going like putting things in the air ducts so that people who was working with John would get cancer, so mm. that would be blamed on him. Um, to try and the way he tried to kill John is the most stupid thing. Again, for the smartest man in the world, I don't understand that plan and that's like we're trying to trying to do it because he kills his pet at the same time yeah. and all the bastard like... <laughs> and he's and the he's bastard, kind of like so whatever he's called <laughs> even, even john calls him out afterwards and saying why did you think the thing that created me is going to be the thing that killed me at uh, re reanimating myself was the first thing i learned <laughs> um, it's almost like you went you thick fuck <laughs> pretty much i just i just don't think adrian would make that kind of mistake he doesn't really react to it either because mm-hmm. he's, he's like he's like skulking about and then he he sort of like just faces up to him and like all he does is turn the TV on and be like, ah, but you see, <laughs> but that's got not like like Paul was saying, that's got nothing to do with him, like attempting yeah. to vaporize him unless yeah. he thought he was too so angry. Oh, there was just multiple down. different ways they were going to take out Dr. Manhattan in the film, it was like thrown backwards and forwards. So there was mm. things like. Adrian was building something to go back in time and take him out yeah. before he hit the machine. One yeah. where Dr. Manhattan would go back himself and just stop it from the start. Hmm. And yeah. I think that one, I think it would have panned on a really weird ending where it would have put the rest of the characters in an alternative universe. It was the time out. paradox they were worried about yeah. getting too, um, too in-depth. So that's so what, they so, 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 they, so they did that with the Doomsday comic where the, uh, Dr. Yeah. Manhattan went and changed the Batman universe and left the button. Um, How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, was, was we had a face thing... off with Dr. Manhattan and Superman. It was boring. It was really boring. <laughs> <laughs> there was one thing with um, Ozzy's character that really bothered us. And I don't, and I just think it could have been really played a lot better than what he did. The accent. Hmm. Yeah. So, what was he going for? <laughs> so for behind closed doors and to to the people who know him, mm-hmm. he's German. But uh-huh. to the American people, to the to the cameras, to the politicians, 
he's your all all over a good American boy. Yeah. So the American accent was a lot we should have that was a lot more stronger, but his German accent was even stronger to the people who knew him. And they just emit it was such a good character choice, but mm-hmm. he totally missed the mark on it because he didn't emphasize and it just sounded because he's an Englishman mm-hmm. and it just sounded like a really bad English accent. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it, it was it like that- he was almost pretending to be English. That didn't come across to me that he was supposed to have like two accents, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like not at all. Didn't no. pick up on that. Can I just say as well? Um, I love the part where he tries to, well, where he catches the bullet and how, <laughs> but yeah. it's done slightly. I, I like it more in the comics because, like, there's a line when they're having the meeting where he's like, I think, like, a Rorschach thinks he's fast enough to catch a bullet or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then when they're like saying like, well, what would you have done if the if the fake assassin had shot you first instead of your secretary? He's like, well, I think I would have to try and catch the bullet. And then like Dan, Dan's like, oh, like you can really do that. And then like, yes, he actually does it. It's got like an amazing payoff. <laughs> but like in the, um, in the comic, it's just in his hand, I think, yeah. <laughs> with like mm. blood everywhere. <laughs> really, it's the pause scene I'm on on my screen at the moment because I went for a couple of watches of it just to catch different bits. And that's the scene yeah. I'm on where obviously he's bringing everyone in. Um, mm. But it is, again, it's that calculated thing in that scene that's so good that yeah. all the people at the arena are all the ones that are going to say no to what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So make sure they all get taken out. Even moving the secretary in the place to make it look like he tried to save her but really pushes her in front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, then he and the whole put, capsule thing. Of he puts the capsule in his mouth, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. I wasn't just seeing that. And they no. hold that in. It's like, no, don't you swallow that. It's like, wait, are you choking the <laughs> cunt? Um, <laughs> but no, this, it's, 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 this is, there's quite a few like anomalies, shall we say, but yeah. But just overall. Fun. But overall, it was, uh, it was entertaining <laughs> and interesting. I think now, we need to quickly talk about the. <laughs> The alien in the room. Yes. Oh, <laughs> the giant yeah, squid yeah. in the room. How, that's well, that's the question you... I was going to bring up now. Oh, so, sorry, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's, it's, it's fine. It, it leads in quite perfectly. So, which ending do you prefer? Squid. <laughs> also, can I just say before I forget it, that when they pan across in the movie, there's like SQ, like UID is like the name on the computer yeah. console. Really? Oh, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> There's actually a copy of Watchmen. What the the copy me and Jake have sits yeah. on the t- the coffee table in um, Dan's house. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that either. Yeah. Um, I'm no, gonna I, say I like the squid. I like, <laughs> I like I like the squid because I love how it, the TV show and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But I kind of understand why they didn't use it in this. It's a lot to explain and they had a perfect way of doing it with Dr. Manhattan than having to bring in another element. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only but don't get us wrong. I love the squid ending and I can understand how fans got really upset by the fact it wasn't there. But as a storytelling point of view, mm-hmm. I get why the Dr. Manhattan one was used. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I'm the same. I, again I'm I'm kind of split in the middle like i love the comic ending i think it's entertaining i think it it makes no fucking sense but again i don't want it to make sense um but then this one it kind of ties everything up quite nicely and a little bore where it's a little bit too clean at times as well yeah yeah as a story standpoint it makes sense to make dr manhattan the bad guy 
and try and mm -hmm. move them forward there. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, the scapegoat. The only thing you miss from that is like is the sort of idea that Ozymandias has like lost his mind because, mm -hmm. you know, as as I guess they're trying to like parallel with the Black Freighter thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's gone too far. Like he's gone like way off the deep end. You know, he's like mm -hmm. he's employing people to make a fake alien out of like a psychic child's brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's employed. He's employed like writers, artists, and everyone yeah. to like. It, it, I think it's because he's found out that John's teleportation. Mm -hmm. If you try and if his version of it like, makes people explode when they get to mm -hmm. the other end, so he's like, okay, we can't teleport a live creature, but we can teleport like the body of a creature that will explode anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's um. And Just, then, like at, at the end, like he asks John, he's like, "Like he's like, do you think I did the right thing?" And John's just like, "Goodbye, <laughs> like, I'm leaving, <laughs> I'm leaving the galaxy or whatever." Yeah. Um, like he's, to... he's he's got insecurity inside of him, and I think that's what you miss in the movie. Like yeah. he he does it, but he still feels like, "Did I do it right? Um, like, is this yeah. the right thing?" So leaving the question mark. <laughs> just to say in the chat, chat as well, a few people are a bit confused. This isn't an alternative ending that was filmed. There's a different ending to the comic yeah. book, uh, to the movie. The movie that did the change it completely. Where if you go and read the comic, it basically there's a giant squid alien that attacks, um, mm. and gets exploded, and it's entertaining as fuck, and visually it's beautiful. But, uh, it would have been a choice and interesting thing to make in the movie, shall we say? <laughs> it just it's just how do you explain it? Because there is like a bit of a backstory to why it's there in the first place. Like, yeah. it has a purpose. It's you know, it, it is going to be the, the tool that they blame everything on. Um, but you just, you need the time. And we were already four hours deep at this point. Like, when you get into it, like, I understand why Dr. Manhattan was an easier way plot-wise to be saying, he did it. It's his mm -hmm. fault. Blame mm -hmm. him. And the, and the change it to, like, explosions in all of the major population centers rather than, a, a psychic squid has landed in America and vaporized everyone, like millions of mm -hmm. pe 15 million <laughs> New Yorkers. I think it's worth that when you, because it's so hard sometimes for certain ones to translate from page to screen and you've got to make certain choices in a sense mm -hmm. of like, it's mm -hmm. great, but it cannot translate to screen no. without yeah. everyone going, what? Like yeah. at the end of the film, it's like, what? But, but come the, the, the TV like, series. But come the TV series, yep. they explain it perfectly. Yeah. I like it. It, it was still batshit crazy. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's the word you use? Shit fantastic. Shit fantastic. I used that, <laughs> used that recently. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a lot of this now why a lot of things are getting put into TV series rather than a movie because you've got time over episode. Yeah. Over story. Absolutely. Yeah. In a film, yeah. so limited by this one bit of is this, that's all you've got. This was four hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't Tried. six like the Justice League, though. So give it, give it that. Oh, credit. Um, <laughs> question I wanted to ask you as well because I want to test your moral compass here as well. <laughs> um, would you have kept the secret if it was if you had the choice, or would you go full Rorschach? <laughs> no, I'd keep it. I would have kept the secret kept the if secret. I was in that room with him when he was telling yeah. me and it had already happened half an hour ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'd so, kept yeah. It. The devastation more so is this devastation anyway, but then the actual letting everyone know. Mm. What it would happened. be a tough thing to like, live with. Do though. So many yeah. people realizing that this was planned and no one had a care for who died and who didn't die. No. There was no. Yeah. So, yeah. You would probably 
not say anything, um, which is not really the right thing to do. Of course, you're supposed to expose really bad things, but um... I'm all right with a little white lie. <laughs> that's not a little white lie, though, to be fair, Sammy. That's I mean, not telling head, someone that the hair looks my, nice when it my, doesn't. In my head, <laughs> I, could, I can downplay that to a little white lie. <laughs> the total devastation of humanity, and uh, well, not humanity, like 15 million it people. 50, it, was, it was 15 million people in the grand scheme that. Humanity would have been ended. That could have been people you could have met, Sammy. People you could have been <laughs> friends with. You could have. They could have been listened to this podcast, Sammy. They've killed our audience. Yeah. Oh, hey, man, didn't put that on my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> and also, in 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 the in in the comic, apart in addition to the people who explode, he says the psychic shockwave would put horrific images in people's head like event horizon yeah. and some oh. people some people would go mad from it other people would have like bad dreams for years about aliens that don't really exist it's really messed up, that's fucked up. That's so <laughs> I think, fucked up. but i think that's the part that's supposed to because when you think about it, you're like right that happened why would it stop wars but i think it's like the continuation and in the tv show don't they like fake yeah. more alien stuff dropping in like on the cars yeah. and stuff so i think yeah. it's that continuation like you have to like keep the rolling threat i don't know it's like a mutually assured destruction thing i guess i'm sorry i'm just laughing at the chat because lee's saying i'm dead now why did you do this to me sammy so you can... <laughs> this is weird there's a squid brain in his head now <laughs> oh, you're welcome yeah, chris films like this because it's been gets talked about a lot about ones that are maybe necessarily like slightly misunderstood by like what people um mm -hmm. pick as the ones to be the biggest fans about the series um fight club being one that <laughs> about people who miss the point of fight club yeah. and it's like it comes the bro movie and it's like oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh what were you watching you didn't quite like, that, did you? like um, american psycho yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, patrick bateman seems like a role model like that just a nice guy the same thing when people are like kind of oh like rorschach is the guy and it's like oh is he is he really other comedian, you're like, no, 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 screen, but we're not supposed to absolutely fan over these no. ones. Which it shows you what happens. Like nobody likes the person to whom everything is a joke. Like yeah. nobody mm -hmm. likes that guy. No, <laughs> but I'm always curious to say how things get misconstrued now. Of like when people like cling on to certain ones and say, if would this go the same way eventually? Will people start to like miss kind of the context of certain characters well, because they're like, just oh. recently, um, on Twitter, there's been a lot of people who don't think Starship Troopers is a parody of fascism. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> exactly. Oh, get oh. fucked. Even though, oh my God. even though the director's on record many times saying many times. it is exactly <laughs> like a parody of like American I, I, I do think like sometimes fashion. some people you need to do an ID uh, IQ check to get on the internet before like just yeah. loading up Google or something. You have to ask oh, for, answer 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 five questions to be able to log on. <laughs> they just they just buy a blue tick and then they can yeah. say whatever they want and thousands of people yeah. see it. <laughs> I'm just reading the comments, leads just saying the band's crying now. <laughs> oh, because because of the squid. Yeah. I'm, kill I'm killing people. Yeah. 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 Just, with your little white lie, Sammy, it's fine. <laughs> Just know I'm, really, I'm really good at keeping a secret. <laughs> yeah, the podcast would still be on the week after the squid exploded in New York. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it would just be Sammy made nothing. Well, Lee's dead. 
Chris has got nightmares for the rest R- of his R- life. R.I.P. Chris. Uh, R.I.P. Lee. Goodwill's lost a leg. Jake's uh, still here. Jake's still alive because he's the Messiah. Uh, Paul's dead. Paul's no. here, but it's just a dead body. Like, I'm black. Uh, I'm going through the black freighter with him. Like I said, just yeah. a head <laughs> on a stick. Um... Fuck yeah. <laughs> but, but I think because like, I know they have done, like say, comics. They did do a follow up with Doomsday, uh, the Doomsday Clock. Um, yeah, I, um, I didn't quite get that. You know, I've I didn't even want to be one of those people who go, oh, God, yeah, I know what that means. I generally, when it came out, I was like, I don't understand where this all like falls into it. So it I was just they were dying to get the Watchmen characters in the DC, in like yeah. in the, like in the Gotham or like say the DC mm-hmm. universe to, to interact with the other characters, and um, like the, the they couldn't bring Rorschach back from the dead so they brought back another character who idolized Rorschach to wear the mask um mm. where he was a bit more brutal and like say he had a, a great interaction with the joker where Rorschach's but bite beating seven bells of hell out of the joker um but overall it was just like a missed opportunity i know yeah. they've done the prequel episode comics as well where they went into mm. the characters a little bit more i never actually went in them because with like say Watchmen being such a high like a high regard of the comic world anything that kind of like comes out afterwards it's kind of like a damp or a poor representation in in my view it's it's never going to be Moa's words though is it it's never going to be his dialogue it's interesting though because like this is enough like this this is more than enough yeah this is a hefty book there's no questions after (laughs) look there's a quality difference in mine to jake's you could tell i was smoke at the time (laughs) mine's a bit yellow as well go on sammy we'll pay you 15 pound to lick it (laughs) (laughs) did you say that to me earlier today yeah i figured 10 and goodwill said 15 so we're back on 15 oh i ain't licking shit But yeah, like at, at like what I love about Watchmen is it only leaves you with like interesting like questions to just think about yourself. Like it doesn't leave you with anything like the like a, yeah. there's no cliffhanger. Like this is no. just this is it. There's plenty of information here for you to, the to last, look at. The last panel literally puts the story in your hands. Yeah. Where the guy yeah. at the reporting system says, What do we do with it? And he's like I'll leave it entirely in your hands. Yeah. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. What happened? And I love how, and then it, I just love how genius that is. You get to decide what happens. It's your story now. You decide, did the journal mm-hmm. make it worse or better in the world that had just been created? Yeah. But yeah, so it's like, so, but what Alan Moore didn't realize was that Warner Brothers would take that literally yeah. and be like, be like, we're going to put out sequel comics and they're going to meet Batman. And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. How does he shield himself from it? Like, because he obviously has really strong opinions on it. And he's yeah. really, he's that strong that he's given money up for it. How the fuck can you shield yourself from everything that's going on with something you fucking put your heart and soul into? Because I would be livid. Yeah. Like fucking raging. He didn't have to sign it over, though. That's the thing. He didn't have to sign it over. No, I guess not. It's just, it must be, it's got to be like slightly disheartening for him. He's oh, totally his, his wording of selling all this off back in the eighties was kind of wasn't that smart back then to realize what they'd be doing. <laughs> yeah. Should be selling rights to things. Yeah, um, yeah. His daughter goes like many to, now um, that are coming out about this, realizing the contracts that were being made back then. Yeah. 
even mm-hmm. as simple as Kevin Smith with his stuff of like things you didn't know back then, you don't sell your rights to your work because well, yeah. Eastman and Laird went through it as oh, well. They massively fuck, got fucked over. Like, yeah. yeah, well, one of them did. One of them sold. sold one of them it massively. For, uh... One of them bought a fucking tank. Um, yeah. <laughs> what was it? Um, so this ended in '87. The mm. rights were bought before it even finished. Yeah, they knew what they, they had. I think. Yeah, that's so crazy. <laughs> Oh, his daughter goes to Thought Bubble. Liam Osh is a lovely lady. So I, I think we know who Sammy and uh, Jessica's favourite character in this is. So <laughs> who's your favourite character, Jake? Oh, it was there's Night Owl, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Um, I think For reasons, because mine... I saw his arse and got, got all excited. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I not all it, the reasons. How many times that gets said to me in the house when I was putting it on, like, my partner's just like, you just want to look at his ass again, don't you? I'm like, no, I would watch this whole movie. Well, you don't want to just want, want to watch it. Like, if you could bite it, you'd probably get away with it as well. But that... It's it's equal opportunity, <laughs> though. You get to see the, both the asses in the, in the ship. <laughs> They're both very pleasing to look at. It's very well for a scene like that. Um, I think, like, I've got a sort of, I've got to pick like a comic and a movie. I think in the movie, I think Rorschach's really fun to watch and everything. Like, um, mm. even though he's horrible and I don't agree with him, like he's he's a fun movie character. He's yeah. a bit, he's less likable in the comic though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, he's, you learn... he's detestable in the comic. He's like, yeah, you learn nice. you learn more about him and how he just lives in filth and everything. Um, he's it, a he's a reflection on a lot of our right wing boys that we have on the internet almost... right now. He's a, do you know what, he's everything, personally, himself is everything that he thinks of the world, but yeah. he, it's like he embodies it himself, so the, the wretched, the stench, and, you know, everything that he feels the world is, he reflects on him, Yeah, which makes my stomach churn whenever I think of, like, when they mention how badly he smells, I was like, I would hate to think how badly he smells, yeah. I don't want to. But um, comics-wise, I really like Silk Spectre, just because, like I said, sure. Mm. She's in. She's like integral to the story, and she has a say about everything. And I think, <laughs> for the most part, she's like on the right side of history on this. Yeah. Um. And when she sees like the stuff in New York, she's the one who reacts with like absolute revulsion. Like a lot of the other people hanging about in like the the snow place are just kind of like, like really, like really, Adrian. Like surely you're making this up. <laughs> but she like gets to see it. And I just think that's like awful. Like, like she has to live with that now, and mm-hmm. like all the other people were detached from it. Even John, who was there, but too detached to care. Because mm-hmm. what does he say? Like the the molecular makeup of a living and a dead person are <laughs> the same to him. It's just like fuck off, nice. dude. <laughs> nice. That's such. That's like a, such an edge lord thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. The overall, like, see, what I love about this movie as well is like the tone. It is all about fear. Like everyone is scared. Like they mm-hmm. ramp it up as well because they use the doomsday clock as the kind of like the weapon to move on. I know they use it more in the comic. Like each episode, it's like it's been ramped up to the next level. Um, yeah. But everyone is scared. And, like there's a line, um, like with John as well, where he says, um, I, I, like you made me feel something. Like again, so he was quite happy that he felt something, but. Like everyone in this whole film is scared of something for some reason, and that's probably of the time in the eighties. Like everyone was scared. Like they were talking about like like the Cold War, the AIDS crisis, uh, Margaret Thatcher. Just for the, just mm-hmm. to name a few. Uh, <laughs> no, you no, you 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 
you're so bang on. It's, yeah, because my parents have said similar things about how, mm-hmm. like, my mom was scared of, like, nuclear weapons going off in England. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I had to teach her about that in school, mm-hmm. which, uh, considering it didn't happen, it seems super fucked up now. <laughs> I don't yeah. think about it. Yeah. Also, yeah, fuck the Tories. <laughs> we have hey! to say it. <laughs> oh. We got it in there. You mentioned Thatcher. True. I'll, I'll, I'll let you have that one. Um, <laughs> Alan, Alan Moore would agree with us. Alan it? Moore would agree. It's, it's not a episode. Weird. Um, so, yes. So, what would you rate this movie out of five if you're going to give it a rating there? So, go with Jessica first. For me, it's a five out of five because it's one that I regularly go back and watch of like one of those just fond movies in a sense of like i know i always enjoy from start to finish i'm never mm-hmm. there's never a point i want to skip anything in it i'm like I can yeah just settle in and watch it um, <laughs> what about you jake um movie i'm gonna have to go three out of five because mm-hmm. with 2024 eyes it's a bit cheesy and i mm-hmm. think that's just the snyder but the I would absolutely say just read the comic to anyone who's like mm-hmm. interested about this series. Like, fair enough, it's easier to watch a movie and more condensed, but yeah. I think like the comics got so much more like sink your teeth into mm. not just Dan Dryberg's, but <laughs> hey, <laughs> what about you, Sammy? I'm gonna go three point five because right. I agree with everything Jake said. But I just feel there's something a bit more the story wise for me and the the dialogue and plot was I actually really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It, it I have I found Watchmen quite hard to read mm-hmm. to start it with, is. Yeah. and because of that, it got I got really frustrated with it. So when this came along, it did kind of like simplify for us. Yes, I didn't originally get the whole squid thing because that's not what I see in the movie, but when I go back and read it, then it it all makes sense, but it also helped us. It's just a, it's a brilliant book. Mm -hmm. And it's, I wish I'd read more of Moore before I read, because I think I jumped straight into this one after Killing Joke. That was a really big mistake because I didn't get him yet. Mm. Like Killing Joke is one thing. This is a fucking another. Oh yeah. I didn't get this like in 2004 or five. I didn't get everything in this. mm -hmm. Like this reading now was so much more like clearer for you yeah and just more like useful like i just i got it and watching it like reading a bit on the night and watching some of the movie mm-hmm. the next night mm. i think that's probably why i'm like pretty harsh on the movie just because yeah. the vibes are totally different yeah because it has to be because yeah. like sammy was saying it, it has to move things along more mm-hmm. like it also faster the thing that watchman is probably even more appropriate now like mm. as things sadly are yeah yeah this is one that now you that kind of I don't know. Sounds we'll awesome. just, yeah, we're waiting for it to happen now. So yeah, um, it, it's a very like all the dystopian ones now are kind of like this isn't even dystopia anymore. This is just every day. Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of these ones now have been looked back on with a lot more fondness. Which just kind of like they were, they all saw it coming. Mm-hmm. All of yeah. these writers saw this coming. Um, yeah, I think terrifying. a lot of artistics tend to see these things coming. Um, and I think we run into that a bit doing like this podcast and stuff because we're mm-hmm. like we're we're trying to look a bit closer and we are like making things ourselves. So mm-hmm. we see like how hard the writers and the artists work. And I think some fandom like chatter doesn't really look that far. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think some people are like willfully ignoring it. Like I don't yeah. think I'm not saying like we're smarter than people. I think some people are just like that don't want to know it's like, easier to look anything. the other way around rather than have like but 
Yeah. Everything comes around in circles as well, because as you said, the things, the tones, everything that was happening during the 80s happened during the 90s. It's happening mm-hmm. in the 2000s. Now, it's yeah. It's happening again. It's the same people making the same mistakes. And right, unfortunately, sure. we're the yeah. ones that are suffering and will suffer and keep suffering. It's it's shit. It and is yeah. shit. <laughs> but yes. It is. Um, it is pure shit, but what would you rate the film? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, bring that on tangent. What the fuck's going on? Uh, uh, why is <laughs> the world's going to end now? Uh, I didn't mean it like that. I was trying to pull a funny. No, no, it worked. It, it worked. Um, probably, for me, it would probably be a three, three, not quite a 3.5, um, just for the same, same reason that Jake said. Um, it, it would have been a higher rating if the TV show didn't come out and absolutely blow everything away. Like, literally, if you want something to get the tone of Watchmen and the feel of the comic, even though it's got nothing, well, other than the characters that they do reference, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it is like watching a live-action Watchmen. And again, no no doing this film down. Visually, this is the most stunning comic book film we will get. Um, I hope they don't try and remake Watchmen or do another anything else with Watchmen because the two things we've got in the media form, the movie and the TV show, you cannot do it better. Yeah, that, yeah. in my eyes, I can't recommend the TV show enough, Jake. I think you would absolutely love it. Oh yeah, like I think it was just because I literally like lost a Now TV subscription while it was uh, like actively airing. Um, I've seen the first like episode. The TV series. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. It's not well, oh, like I was saying, it's not really a Watchmen story. It's like an it is like a true. It's like based on a like true events sort of thing. Like I, I've heard like what what the director was trying to do and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think all, it like, lost me the moment the case opened and she had the big blue. It just lost me at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a Pulp Fiction moment. <laughs> <laughs> It's there. <laughs> just instead of like say the um whatever what it was in Pulp Fiction, it's just a big blue di- dongs waving in her face. Just a <laughs> dong in the case. I love that. That's, that's what the, a way. That's the that's whole end of Pulp end Fiction as well. Big blue dong. Um, <laughs> big. <laughs> so yes. So what are you two lovely people up to tomorrow? Oh gosh, yeah, we're on. We're on. We're Monday nights. Yeah. Um, I am. <laughs> Me and Dan decided that we were going to do Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. I'm not going to lie. It is actually, for all that I sit there and say, film shit, everything else around it is absolutely brilliant. So there is a, there is some really good talking points. So it's Pumpkinhead. It's seven o'clock tomorrow on YouTube. Cool. So that's the Monsters Up North podcast. Mm-hmm. Just in case you didn't know. Yep. <laughs> you never know. We might get some new viewers, new people watching that's for true, the first time. True. You always got to give right. them that little bit more. Um, <laughs> and we've got the wonderful uh, gaming up north boys, the beautiful yeah. Jake and the and the, the god the godlike mammoth mammoth of the man that is Adam. <laughs> Ozymandias um, himself. Ozymandias himself. <laughs> Ozymandias. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna try and um, do some Alan Wake two um, oh. because that come out recently and um by all accounts is very good but it didn't uh didn't sell well as as people would have liked it's very much like a you know like a game journalist's game in that in that respect yeah you know, like it was a critically of awards wasn't it yeah critically acclaimed but didn't quite get the sales so we're gonna see what that's all about uh because adam's oh. a big fan but i've never like touched the series really apart from seeing videos and stuff but 
So yeah, we're going to try and dig into that. Oh, and then we'll have our monthly news roundup after that, I think. Uh, I'm losing track of the days. <laughs> <laughs> Sometime in the future, Jake will yeah. tell just, us what just, happens. Just go one day at a time, Jake. Some <laughs> months have five weeks, some months have four weeks. <laughs> what, oh, damn, it, fe- go with, damn it, February for being short. <laughs> um, no, February's a leap year. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> what are you up to? Anything fun, Jessica? Got anything planned? Oh. Anything you want to promote? Nothing at the moment. No, I'm just going to be gallivanting after places. So, right. so if you um, see Jessica really at a convention. Nerdy, no, it'll be um, PG in Edinburgh is I think the next thing I'm going to be going to. So that's not very nerdy. That's... There might be <laughs> but, nerds who go there. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, are you going to be nerdy about anything Anything you're passionate about? Anything's nerdy. But yeah, don't come up to Jessica, though. I shall kick your knee out of your leg. <laughs> <laughs> Silver spectre on you. Silver yeah. spectre on you. <laughs> It's an awkward note. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> but yes, um, just to say, like, thank you for everyone who's tuned in. Thank you, everyone yes, in the chat. Um, we have got some interesting episodes of the Nerdy Up North podcast coming up on Friday. Um, like, say, Goodwill is returning with uh, Sign on Sinoid. I hope he's not wearing a wig this time because he looks very warm, bless him. Um, <laughs> if you haven't checked out the one the one year anniversary, that was oh, last Friday. But this Friday, they are uh, reviewing Wrath of Khan. So oh, that is wow. going to be quite an interesting episode. Um, we have an amazing episode this Sunday where we've got Emma from the BBC coming on to talk about Sherlock. Uh, Emma has worked with us and done a few interviews with us uh, in the past. So we'll be the one that will be grilling her and asking yeah. her opinion on Sherlock. Then, uh, then. we've got the, probably the busiest month going forward in March. <clears throat> we've got... Uh, Trying to think now, my brain stopped working. We've got um, what have we got going up? So yes, I have it on my phone. I can't get to it. <laughs> Do you fine. mean just like the the Sunday schedule and stuff? Well, we Some... have a Sunday schedule, and then we've got additional episodes. Yes. So the Sunday schedule, we've got the Breakfast Club. So we've got yeah. a concophony of people coming on to talk about one of the greatest movies of the eighties. Then we're doing the Blade trilogy. Then we've got Blues Brothers. Then we're doing oh, a movie called Super Mario Brothers. Um, yes, I can't wait. That is going to be the best episode of the year. I can't wait. <laughs> on the brothers. But yeah. then we did. We were meant to be doing Blade Runner, but unfortunately, the people who were going to be involved with that uh, can't do it on that date, so that's been moved. But me and Sammy are going to be doing Empire Records. Oh, nice. oh, Rexy, you're so sexy. Oh, Jessica's eyes lit up there. Um, <laughs> But we do have a guest. I've just, just bought the Tyler outfit from it, so. <laughs> so, so, so Jess might be cosplaying for us on that day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we do have a get special guest episode um, in March where we do have the Who uh, Who Did What Now uh, podcast coming on to talk about superhero origin stories. So that's going to be very interesting as well. So yes, for that one. And that's not just like the things we've got anniversaries coming up. We've got a two year anniversary of Twitch. We've got a three year <laughs> anniversary of this son son of a bitch uh a podcast that we've continued. Son of a bitch. <laughs> continue to continue and for some reason just people keep watching. Um got we've, monsters one in me, but that's yep. me. That we've, we've just had a three year anniversary for the Nerdy Up North Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Which we are climbing, clamoring closer and closer to ten thousand members of the cult, which is quite <laughs> cool. Fucking crazy! <laughs> it's a lot. 
have to just think how it all started, and this is the number we're sitting at at three years. Well, it is nuts. That's well, just one of the numbers. The other number that we've got that we hit today hmm? on the Facebook page is twenty-seven thousand followers. We've gained a thousand followers on the Facebook page this week alone. Whoa! That is Obviously, so. Biggest thing Sunderland's ever produced. Prove <laughs> 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 us wrong. <laughs> Fake news, but yes, come from here. <laughs> so yes, we have had a lot of uh, big things happen and a lot of bigger things coming and not just talking yep. about Lee's penis. Um, nope. <laughs> wasn't even mentioned tonight. No. With all the dong um, talk, jokes, it yes. wasn't even mentioned. But yes. <laughs> Um, so yes, uh, love you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys Thank for you. being with us. So same bat time, same bat channel. Stay nerdy, everyone. Bye. Bye.